0: I'm Mike. And I'm Matt. And welcome to Going Shaped on AudioEntropy.com, a podcast where we just kind of talk about whatever we feel like. Hey, Matt. Yo. So, The Real Ghostbusters was added to Netflix.
1: It was, and it's a very strange sort of show. Uh, you were like, we should do a recording episode on The Real Ghostbusters, and I was like, I've never actually watched it, and you were like, it's actually kind of interesting, and we should watch it. So I watched it, and yeah, I largely agree with your uh, your sentiments on it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's weirdly a very good show, which is strange because it is a cartoon from the 80s based on a movie that was largely produced to sell toys, which you would think would be a lot of marks against it, but there's kind of a lot going on under the hood.
1: Yeah, so I think I didn't like the show quite as much as you did, but it's definitely a hell of a lot better than a lot of stuff from this, and it's got a really... The show is weird, and it's weird in a way a lot of shows, even a lot of contemporary kids shows, just aren't. And it's weird in a way that's actually really interesting and cool.
0: And to that end, uh, I've brought in an expert to help us talk about it. Uh, folks at home, welcome a f- good friend of ours uh, on loan from the Atlanta Ghostbusters. Let's welcome Joe. Hey, how's it going?
1: Hi, Joe. Hi, how's how's it going? We kind of kind of just let you let you sit back there. I was wondering if Mike was going to introduce you. Was I was actually trying beat.
0: numerous times, but every time I went to segue into it, you said something. Yeah, sure. Like every single time. Yeah, anyway, Joe, all he's gotten to say so far is hi. So, Joe, please say something. Uh,
2: well, it's good to be here. Uh, big, I've been a big Ghostbusters fan uh, my entire you know life, far as I can remember back, and the real Ghostbusters was definitely my en- entry point into the fandom. Uh, that I have formed my entire online persona around, so... Uh, and, and much of my real life now, just not... That wasn't intentional, but that just... That happened.
1: Yeah, um, that... So, did, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, oh, go ahead. That
0: was done. No, go ahead. go ahead. It's, it's a fucking Mexican standoff. <laughs> How many times can we... It's a Canadian standoff. Oh,
1: God. The worst kind of standoff. Jesus, no. We don't have Canadian standoffs on this podcast. That's... No. I forgot no. who I was talking to. Fuck, I totally lost my train of thought. This is...
2: So the real God. Ghostbusters is a fun. cartoon that came out in 1986, based on the hit movie Ghostbusters from 1984, and was one of a long line of children's cartoons that they made out of movies that maybe shouldn't have been made out of children's cartoons. But
1: Do you remember that the fucking Toxic Avenger got a children's cartoon?
2: Robocop did, uh, Rambo did.
1: Oh uh, Rambo did. I knew Rob- oh, yeah. RoboCop, but a uh, Rambo I was unaware. Wow. Yeah, yeah I like,
0: think that, that was not freedom. a trend that that was not a trend that stopped in the 80s. We got cartoons for The Mask and Ace Ventura Uh, let's see, what else? There was a Mortal Kombat cartoon There was a Mortal Kombat cartoon Combat time
1: Remember there was a fucking Darkstalkers cartoon There was a Darkstalkers cartoon I, not, it's not that Darkstalkers Was a necessarily, like, super violent franchise Although it wasn't really very kid-friendly either It's that, why was there a Darkstalkers cartoon? Because no one in the states has ever Given a shit about Darkstalkers
2: I used to watch people play it At the, uh, at the local bowling alley uh, I thought it, I thought it looked really cool.
1: No, Darkstalkers is actually very, very highly regarded by the fighting game community. It is an excellent game, but nobody in the states gives a shit about
2: Darkstalkers. No, I'm, I'm complete garbage at fighting games, but I did like I, I, you know, I've always been into like monsters and ghosts and things like that, and and so like that was in I was like, oh, Monster Man, like there's a Frankenstein fighting a you know a creature from the Black Lagoon. That's rad.
1: Yeah, and there's also yeah. like that's also the game that introduced me to the concept of like Shang-Chi, and yeah, Dark Darkstalkers is fucking awesome. We could do an entire episode on that, but we're not going to talk about Darkstalkers.
2: The reason why the reason why they made that was almost definitely because of uh, Ninja Turtles. Let's be honest.
1: Yeah, probably. Like, yeah. Actually, it may have actually drawn some inspiration from Ghostbusters as well. Mm-hmm. That's
0: not actually. I don't actually know. It, whatever, Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. Ghostbusters. So. Joe, when I when this first came out, I actually came to you and asked for some recommendations about like what episodes to watch, and you gave me essentially two golden rules. And uh, ma- maybe you'll want to elaborate on why these are the case. But the two rules were essentially: the earlier the episode, the better, and look for ones written specifically by J. Michael Straczynski.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's like it's not that there aren't good episodes that were not written by j michael straczynski but he's the heart and soul of the show and he's the reason why the tone is so much different than a lot of kids shows where they can feel kind of cynical like you know they're talking down to the kids they're making some disposable you know toy bait to to get people to buy the stuff and it's not and uh, and but j michael straczynski like really seemed to give a damn about the lore of the show and like had uh, like a lot of fun character stuff and like and some actually like uh, really scary monsters and and like a lot of different moments that you probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have seen for that age group at the time. So a, a
0: bit of, of an aside about who this guy is. So I kind of looked into him a bit of a sort of cursory skimming. I'm not an expert or anything. So he's done a lot of writing for comics. He's done a lot of writing for TV. He was the creator and showrunner of Babylon Five. Mm-hmm. which that was surprising. And apparently his current thing is that he's an executive producer along with the Wachowski sisters on Sense8. Like, yeah. that's his deal right now.
2: He likes really, v- very uh, uh, creative stuff. Is he so, an Archer
1: in that sense? Hmm? Is he kind of an auteur in that sense?
2: Yeah, um, I, mean, I don't know a whole lot about him personally. Like, I follow him on Twitter and stuff now, but uh, I've always really liked... I've always just liked his... Um, Sincerity, when like that he brings to the the show, like he's always he's making stuff that he enjoys. Uh, I can respect that. Okay, like his Babylon Five was like he's he wanted to make a or at least I I don't know anything about the guy. Like I said, but I get the strong sense uh, with only a passing familiarity with that show is he really liked very specific things about Star Trek and wanted to make his own version of Star Trek that focused on those specific things.
1: I'm not sure if anyone okay. here knows the answer but isn't Babylon 5 a pretty well regarded kind of sci-fi show?
0: Oh yeah. 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 I have never seen it myself but it is it has a it has a pretty strong following. Okay. That's what I thought. But so the the other the other sort of rule that you gave me was the sooner the better. So why yeah. why Se- was that? One. I mean I know the answer but for the listener.
2: Uh so there are god there's Six seasons. I'm not looking at it right now, but there's a lot of seasons of. of
0: well, actually, I went and looked into that. Right Apparently, depending on whose metric you're using, there's between five and seven seasons. Right, it's kind of weird.
2: Yeah, five, there's was it five seasons of, of the real Ghostbusters and two seasons of Slimer in the real
0: Ghostbusters, or something like that. I, it kind of uh, depends, but also there was like a spinoff called Slimer, but also like there are places that will consider. Like this certain amount of time to be the first two seasons, but if you go by like ABC's measurement, it's just the first season. Mm. It's it's weird.
2: Yeah, the the first. So what's probably getting mashed together is the first season when you see it. When you see the first season is like fifty six episodes or whatever. Is they had two. They actually had two different studios, I believe, working on the show, um, and or or at least they they were working on the show as as two for two different uses. One was. Uh, Sorry, my dog is insisting on playing tug of war with me. He's been. At home I was. Also. I
0: was wondering what that sort of clinking was.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to hold still, but he's. Uh, yeah, that's his. That's, that's his it's dog. fine. It's we fine. can make
1: exceptions for background noise, but it's dogs and other cute animals. That's yeah. fine.
2: He's a good dog, and I can't deny him. He's been ho- stuck at home all day. Um. So any any rate, uh, the uh, so they had they had the run that they did for ABC, which was the uh the the network run, um, and that's going to be where you're going to find more of the. Uh, like generally, like the safer episodes, the ones that are that don't get into anything too scary or anything too controversial or whatever, and then you have the shows, the ones that they did for syndication, which uh, they ended up on. Uh, you can usually tell by which one ended up on which video company. So there was like Magic Window, where like the syndicated show, the syndicated episodes ended up on, and there was like FHE, which is where uh, I think the, uh, which is Family Home Entertainment, which is where the. The more safer, family friendly shows showed up on. I think I think I'm getting that right. I know the Ninja Turtles were on FHE and, and other things. Like I had a couple of cassettes when I was a kid, but the uh, the syndicated episodes is where you have stuff like *Collect Call of Cthulhu* and *Knock Knock* and like the um, like the really dark episodes, the ones that get like seriously scary um, or or deal with things that or reference things that kids really ought not to. Uh, to have any idea about or be familiar with. So yeah, I have no a questions was for weird. You.
1: Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, what is the appropriate age for a child to learn about death cults?
2: <laughs> um, I don't know. It depends on what kind of world they're
0: living in. If you've got a really rough neighborhood <laughs>
1: <laughs> then... yeah, apparently if
0: you're living in I don't know nineteen eighties New York, probably a good idea to teach them as soon as they can walk.
2: Well I mean <laughs> keep in mind like this is still this is still before the uh, Berlin Wall came down. This is like Sa- Satanic Panic was in full swing
1: yeah that's actually one of the surprising things is this show does some shit i was not expecting to see
2: oh yeah i'm surprised they could get away with having cultists
0: in there yeah
1: show. no and they're like explicitly stated cultists as well it's but yeah, when you're make, very it's, it's weird cuz
0: like it's the cthulhu though. episode the, the okay. cthulhu episode there's like a, and they pick up this lady who's like a professor and she's like doing like counter spells and shit right they didn't just portray the magic as evil they were very gray about it
1: yeah but and that actually like, gets oh go ahead
0: I was going to say, you mentioned the episode Knock Knock, and that one is wild because, like. That's my favorite episode. Like, yeah, I. Oh, man. I had that cassette tape and I wore that thing out. Because these, like, construction workers that are working to expand the New York subway, like, stumble upon this, like, forbidden door that you're not supposed to open until the end of the world. Yeah. Do and, like, not open until Doomsday. Yeah. And then to try and, like, close it back up, the Ghostbusters, like, they. There's this whole thing where, like, Egon, like,. Knows that they're going to have to try and close it from the inside, and there's a very good chance they're not coming back, and he yeah. just doesn't tell anyone else, and it's kind of fucked. Yeah.
2: Egon, <laughs> you kidder, you knew this was going to happen. It's like, well, it's like, uh, it's like, yeah, but I thought if I told you, you wouldn't want to go through with it. <laughs> like, just well, yeah, yeah, you're very Although pragmatic, that's... and and then it's, uh, it's it's one of the great Vankman moments too, because there's this there's this subtlety to Peter Vankman. Like on the surface, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, like yeah, uh, but like it's all a front like every everything about him is he's putting on an act and like when the chips are down he does the right thing like that's 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 been consistent enough for me to to classify that as a character trait and so one of the first things when he finds out that they're gonna have to like you know get out from behind the rocks they're hiding behind and like cross the streams essentially to reverse the flow of this door to save the world and probably get themselves all killed in the process uh, he turns to Ray and he goes, "Hey Ray, the neighbors are playing their music a little loud. I'm gonna go tell them to turn it down." And he just like steps right out, like with a fucking joke, like yeah. to his pro- probable doom. Yeah. He does that. He does stuff like that in the comics too. Like I love, I love those Peter moments.
0: Speaking yeah. of which, uh, part of what makes that character work, and this kind of ties into what you were talking about, with uh, the earlier the better, is that in the oh, early yeah. seasons, like he is voiced by Lorenzo Music, who. Uh, at least I was mostly familiar with for being the voice of Garfield in basically any Garfield thing in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, he was Garfield. Like he, I never thought about
2: it as there being a voice actor behind it. It was that was the voice that Garfield always had.
0: Yeah, and, and then- it, it was it was a perfect sort of voice for that. Like just really sarcastic uh, way he just delivered everything. It, it worked really well. Apparently, though, Bill Murray didn't necessarily like that voice very much. Which I mean, fuck you, Bill Murray first off um
2: <laughs> like, like bill murray and, even gives a shit anyway <laughs>
0: like yeah the, like although I, I, also like yeah. a weird bit of bit of trivia is always like someone brings up all well, like yeah but then bill murray wound up playing garfield when they did the fucking movies mm-hmm.
2: so they ended up uh, hiring dave coulier of full house fame to do a bill murray impression for for the other seasons and it's um, it's strange because when they did the when, they didn't have likeness rights for one, which is the reason why you have blonde egon and, and ginger. I Ray. was
1: wondering why the fuck Egon was blonde.
2: Yeah, they, they, they needed to make sure that all these characters were not the likenesses of the actors. Um, and when they had auditions, uh, uh, was it uh, Maurice LaMarche went in to read for Egon and like they told him don't they, they told everybody don't do an impression. Like you know, make these characters your own. And he took looked a pic, at a picture of Egon, and it was just a black and white line drawing. Uh, he may have he may have changed it if uh, if he had known that he was going to look like a, like some kind of Swedish you know guy. But <laughs> the uh, but he remembered. I remember him saying like in an interview, you know, it's like there was really no way to separate Egon Spengler from Harold Ramis. Uh, and he's a very like Jewish character. Like he's got like these, uh, you know, he's got the those. Uh, tones to him and he couldn't figure out a way to play egon that wasn't like that so he just did an impression of harold Ramis doing egon spangler and he got the job and they're like he's the only one that's allowed to do an impression everyone else has to do something different um ernie <laughs> hudson actually showed up to the audition it was there were only two people that were auditioning for winston um and it was arsenio hall and ernie hudson and arsenio hall turned and it was on the same day that that, that uh maurice lamarche was there uh to to do egon and he turns and he and he's like looks at, looks at uh, Ernie Hudson and he turns to you know, the other guys in the room. is like, "What am I doing here? Like, what am I like? What am I doing here? If like the actor from the movie is here to voice his own character, of course they're going to pick him." And then they ended up doing the uh, doing the audition, and Arsenio Hall got it, and, and uh, sadly uh, Ernie Hudson did not. That's uh,
0: that's really weird. I mean, that is strange. Nothing against Arsenio Hall because he does a great job as Winston, but like
2: I think he's just much more animated. Like that, yeah.
0: Maybe, but like, why would you not? Get the actual voice of Winston Zedmore if you have him available. Well, I guess
1: there's an argument to be made that um, screen presence acting doesn't necessarily translate well into voice acting, so maybe that, there yeah, may that, have been something there. That's
2: the way that I'm. I'm gonna. That's the way I'm going to interpret it if I want to be generous, uh, and if I'm going to try not to speculate on studio politics.
0: Yeah, yeah that's that, still that still feels really weird. It's weird because,
2: like, Winston's character originally in the original movie, they were gonna have. I believe only three guys, and and, Win- and uh, Winston was going to be Eddie Murphy, and then uh, they were going to have uh, Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd, and then when they changed it up and they got Bill Murray instead, they they decided, you know, they hadn't written it yet, like, they, they were casting it, and they hadn't finished writing it or doing any, or making all the changes they were going to make, and so they were like, well, we can't have, like, Bill Murray on the same stage as uh, as Eddie Murphy, like it's just gonna be it's gonna be oil and water. Like they're they're just gonna keep on trying to struggle with the spotlight. So they picked someone that was much more subdued, and they could play much more of a straight man. And so that's where they got Ernie Hudson, and he's a he's a solid dude. Like I love I love Ernie Hudson, but he's the only it's the reason why he's the only one up there that isn't a uh, comedian.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean
2: – And then he had the, he didn't have the same contract as the other guys too. Like I know we we're just talking about the cartoon but just uh, as a segue, like he's – the reason why you don't see him on it, as many of the posters or on as many of the uh, DVD covers and stuff like that is because he had the same contract as I think like Rick Moranis and, and the other side – like the other more minor characters had because he doesn't show up till like 40 minutes into the movie. And so like he they, they can't – like even if they wanted to, they can't give him top billing because then they have to give everyone else that's at his level of contract the same top billing. It's a lot of... It's rough.
0: Like, I wish he got the credit he deserved for it. Oh, he should. And And because, like, he has the best lines in the movie. Like, Mm -hmm. he gets, I love this town. And, like, I've seen some shit that'll turn you white and all that. (laughs) Have you ever thought the reason we've been so busy lately is because the dead really are rising from the graves? Let's have some music. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, so let's let's, let's get back to the actual cartoon. So Mm -hmm. we've talked about the fact... So apparently... This isn't like a, this isn't like a cause and effect thing, but apparently the point where the voice actor changes is usually the mark where things kind of start to go downhill for the cartoon. Uh, and then I guess when I, Basically I, I anything guess,
2: after Baby Spookums, there's there's yeah. some good stuff after that, but you gotta hunt you gotta hunt for it.
0: Yeah, I remember. I actually, out of curiosity, I went ahead and jumped to uh, a an episode after that point, and like the first thing that happens is like Egon falls off a building. And Winston catches him with this, like flying contraption that is the kind of thing that only exists in action figures. It is this like single person helicopter thing, the where there's too? not a there's not a cockpit so much as it's just a fucking exposed chair. And it's just like, oh, oh, this is a thing that only
2: exists in toys. No, nah, man, it's an autogyro. It's a high highly toyetic autogyro, but it's a it's a real thing.
1: That thing only exists to sell toys. Let's be real here.
2: Oh yeah, it's only in the show to sell toys, like, but it's based on yeah. actual like compact helicopters. Those things were everywhere in the eighties. James Bond flew one in uh You Only Live Twice. Was You Only oh, Live just... Twice one
1: of the good or the bad James oh, Bond movies? No, it's
2: the super racist one.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> I feel like that doesn't necessarily <laughs> narrow it down.
2: It's the one where he uh where they make James Bond Japanese. <laughs> it's the oh. super racist one. It's the it's the <laughs> most racist of the James Bond movies. And that's and and it's, it's James Noah.
0: Bond, so that's saying something.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> oh. it's, it's John, oh, John, John Connery
2: gets like they put. Uh, prosthetics over his eyes so that he has slimy <laughs> eyes, and they make him oh, marry a God. Japanese woman so that he can be properly Japanese while he's uh. training to be a ninja, because he's supposed... James Bond oh. is supposed to be dead.
0: It's a, it's a fucking <laughs> shit. God, wow. fucking Sean Connery and Face. Wow! Oh, um... So oh, and then speaking they, and then, of they really they bad, uh, wife
2: pretty much immediately. If, That's if, all she. If
1: I for. could like go to a fucking university to try and learn how to be racist as possible, and I took like a full four semesters, I don't think I could come up with something half that fucking racist.
0: Yeah. But uh, speaking but, of terrible decisions, uh, <laughs> so so past the voice actor change, they changed
2: Janine's uh, character uh, uh, design too in the same season.
0: Yeah. Uh, was was, was that to voice. fit the movie better? The, uh, to fit Ghostbusters 2 better?
2: Visually, they made it closer to Ghostbusters 2, but then they took away her Brooklyn accent because they felt it was too grating for children. like oh, that's too terrible. Aggressive. And they made Janine like, not... Because Janine's a fucking spitfire. like wait. She's like, constantly uh, on their ass about wait, everything. Wait, like, what was their like, justification
1: gonna... for taking away the Brooklyn accent? Because watching the movie as a kid, one of the things I remember finding Andy really Potts funny... Annie putting
2: on a big Brooklyn accent. Yeah, but,
1: like, I remember finding that funny as a kid, the whole, ghostbusters, what do you want? I it fucking was, loved that as a kid. It was focus
2: testing. It was the, the you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, they had all these censor groups that were all these parent groups, and one of the things they voted on was Janine was too aggressive. She should be sweeter, because she's the girl. Uh, and, uh, and so immediately then, when you switch over to the second season, you switch over to like uh, Laura Summer or whatever, whoever was doing her voice. She's like, "Aw, guys, I love you. And she's like super nice to Slimer all of a sudden, like when before she was fucking not having that shit. She wasn't paid enough for that. Like she was she had a yeah. constant attitude. And that's the best version of Janine.
0: But speaking of poor decisions and corporate meddling and racism. Well, I wasn't going to say racism. I was going to say and Slimer. Uh, at some point the show goes from the real ghostbusters to Slimer and the real ghostbusters which
1: yeah ooh. and Slimer is pretty clearly like the worst part of this show from what I watched of it.
0: Oh 100%. I mean, I mean, let's face it, the it- Frank Welker is doing as good of a damn job as he can to be voicing this fucking weird blob no gibberish. It. There's
1: there, no, no saving there is, this.
0: There is no, no he's, saving he's, this.
2: He's the animal companion. He's the he's the goofy sidekick character that sold sold all the merchandise. Like when you bought yeah. Ghostbusters merchandise, like real Ghostbusters merchandise, it didn't it didn't always have the guys on it, but it always had Slimer on it. Like they made they made a toothpaste. They made you know mouthwash. They made shampoo. Like in case you wanted to brush your teeth or wash your hair with the ghost from the real Ghostbusters, like they were there for you. They had green slime, you know, themed everything uh, for those products.
0: Now, before we started recording, you said you had a story about why that was
2: Um, for why Slimer was. Uh, Yeah. um, Well, that was just that was just because he like he he became uh, just the mascot character, but it wasn't about why that was. I was going to say originally when they pitched the show, and you can watch the. If you have the DVDs, or if you want to go to YouTube, it's easy to find. If you see the ghost, real Ghostbusters uh, pitch, like the the original uh, short that they made to pitch the show, um, Slimer is the villain in that one, like he is in the movie. He's a bad guy, and he's driving a he's driving a Stay puffed Marshmallow Truck, uh, full, you know, full of marshmallows, uh, and the guys are chasing him down in the Ecto One. And everyone, and you know, that's the version that has Peter looking a lot, you know, like with darker hair and and looking a little bit more like Bill Murray, and everyone's wearing tan jumpsuits uh, instead of the multicolored, uh, you know, much much you know more toy friendly and more kid friendly, like uh, multi, you know, the more distinctive jumpsuits. I actually and, didn't mind
1: the changes to the jumpsuits personally. Yeah, I actually I, thought it was a nice touch.
2: Actually, uh, it's yeah, kind of there were good reasons they changed it.
1: Yeah, right?
2: yeah. But, like originally so... they tried to get it closer to the to the um, movie, and then they. And then one of the things they did was, like, you have to have, uh, you know, a cutesy non-human character. So they decided, uh, you know, they decided to go with Slimer, which I feel, like, was, you know, maybe a little bit of a, maybe, like, just a little bit of a way for them to twist that demand and make a, you know, make it a little bit, you know, like, work with it in a way that they could deal with was making it a
1: I don't think there is if that really was the studio demand I'm not really sure what you do in that situation Slimer's probably yeah. the best call.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah. at least in the early goings of the show they did play up the fact that Peter Venkman fucking hates Slimer. Oh, I love, I love it. that.
2: He has no patience for that little spud. It's also the show that <laughs> named Slimer. Like he didn't have like, he didn't have a name before. He was called an ugly little spud in the in the movie um, and then uh, they were you know they called him like the stinky green guy in Ghostbusters 2 in some of the outtakes. Um, and then, uh, what is it? The, uh, on the set, like they called, they called the puppet, the onion head, because it stank real bad. Uh, it was just like a latex puppet. Like
1: I'm going to assume that he got the name Slimer from that one scene in Ghostbusters one with he slimed me. Yeah.
2: Right. that's also credited as being like the first time anyone's used slimed as a verb. So Nickelodeon can, can thank them for that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But so, uh, speaking of Slimer and the multicolored jumpsuits and kind of just changes to the to the fiction to make things kid-friendly, and even also tying back into J. Michael Straczynski. So the first episode that you and some of the other folks that we've talked to recommended to us was, uh, what is it, Citizen Ghost? Yeah, Citizen is
2: Ghost is the one that bridges the movie and the cartoon uh, storyline. Which
0: is, I actually really appreciated that they bothered to do that. Yeah, it was like, usually, Yeah, because usually, like, I'm used to shit, like, you know, like say the Men in Black cartoon, which is very good, but also like it just, it just said fuck it and changed the ending of the movie, and it's just like yeah, Kay's still around, sure, whatever, fuck it. Um, but they this show actually had, and it was a flashback episode based around like the conceit is that Peter Venkman is being interviewed by a reporter, um, and is specifically asked like, well, why do you keep Slammer around if you guys fight ghosts? And he basically just explains like he explains everything. And some of the explanations are real simple and quick, kind of throwaway things, but it explains everything that, like, changed from the end of the movie into the cartoon, from their uniforms changing to why Slimer is around to where, like, in-universe the name The Real Ghostbusters comes from, even though there's there's an actual real-world explanation for that that's actually pretty interesting, which we might get to in a bit here. But, um, like, that's that's really cool. I really appreciated that.
2: Yeah, it was. It's that. It's the little stuff that I like about the show. Where they like they decided to make that episode. There was absolutely no reason they needed to. And it's not even the first episode that you watch. Like it's not the first one that aired. It's not the first one you watch. It's like it's a little bit further in. I think it's
0: like I think episode it's like,
2: thirteen.
1: I, I think it's like episode. Yeah, it's that sounds about right. I know it's around episode ten somewhere. It's a, yeah. it's far enough in that it's one of the. It's clearly not the first, but it's relatively early in the show's run still.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. like they. Th- It's it really sort of reinforces the idea that like again it's a cartoon based on a movie that the kids might not even have seen they don't they they're aware that they don't strictly speaking need to explain how one connects to the other but they just went ahead and did it anyway because why not
2: they thought of a fun story they could they could weave into it like they probably they probably had to justify it while they were sitting around you know the the writers table. And we're like, well, how would – like, is this internally consistent? Can we make this and not come up with a lot of questions? And they decided they could, but then they came probably came up with a, a lot of fun stories that could have happened to, to connect point A to point B. And they're like, well, let's make that an episode.
0: Yeah. yeah. I do want to say one of the nice things uh, from going back and watching the show isn't just how creative it is when it's, when it's working well. Um, so as, as with a lot of cartoons sort of produced in the States and animated abroad – The actual animation quality can vary wildly from episode to episode, depending on who's animating it.
1: Hell, it can vary wildly in the episodes themselves. With the Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Uh, But what I was going to say is there are a lot of instances in this show – and when I I say this, this might sound like a bad thing, but I absolutely mean this in a good way. I mean this in the best way possible. There are moments and scenes in this cartoon – where it is incredibly obvious that it was animated by Japanese people in the 1980s. Yes, and I mean that in the best way possible. Oh, there's a, there's a
2: scene that stuck out when I rewatched a bunch of episodes recently, and um, I believe the Sandman, uh, the Sandman cometh. I think is that what they called it. Uh, yeah,
0: that's a real good episode. It, 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 a Winston focused one, which literary, I liked. Love the literary
2: re- references. Yeah, they, they do. They did a really good job with focusing on Winston as much as the other guys and like giving him a character. Um, but there's a uh, there's a lot of stuff in the early real Ghostbusters where, for whatever reason, like, um, Egon's PKE meter is wired to his pack. It's powered from the pack. Uh, and they, they got rid of that in some episodes, and then later on, I think they did away with it entirely. But they do a close-up shot where the PKE meter goes fucking nuts. Like, it lights up. Like, he, he turns it on, and then it like lights up. And it's so detailed. And like the animation looks like it like, tripled in its frame rate. And, uh, and all the lines got a lot more... Uh, like a lot, clo- like uh, or a lot more detailed and and all that. Like and it was, it, I wanted to rewind it and watch that part again of the of the uh, PK meter lighting up. I'm like, I want that. I want that as a gift. Like that looks gorgeous.
1: Yeah, you can uh, also yeah. tell when like the Japanese animators take over because the facial animation gets way better. Yeah, just yeah. the animation in general, really. But the facial animation is what I kind of latched on to. It's like, oh wow, that looks a lot like Macross.
2: Yeah, you can. You can tell you can tell when they would throw it over the in-betweeners and when, like, the key animators
0: were like, no, we need to get this exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it is I absolutely – like, I, it's not something that's come up on this podcast or maybe any podcast so far, but I, I really love the sort of retro anime aesthetic, just the way characters move. Literally and
1: nobody on any podcast ever has ever expressed interest in the retro anime aesthetic.
0: Well, I, no, I mean, like, I, I don't think – I know is, like, what you I meant, personally- but the
1: wording was corny as fuck and I had to okay, for sure. it. Okay,
0: sure. But I like I like the way characters move in that kind of animation, and and this show frequently has that kind of seeping on through the edges. Uh, I think I think my favorite example of it, and like this isn't necessarily the best like as an episode, but uh, Janine Melnitz Ghostbuster, mm-hmm. which is like where this sort of Gozer esque figure comes back. They, like they make a point of like, oh fuck, is it Gozer again? No, but it's this other guy that's kind of Gozer ish, and Janine ends up having to save the day. And also there's this. Sequence where Slimer has to go into the containment unit, which is kind of fun. Um, But in the middle of that episode, there's a sequence where like the plot of that episode is that, you know, the Ghostbusters are really busy because there's this like kind of cataclysmic event going on. And Janine is having to deal with the fact that her apartment is haunted and that none of the guys have time to help her with it. And so there's this whole sequence where she's just trying to like she's just trying to get some sleep. She's just trying to take a shower and these ghosts just keep kind of fucking with her. And, like, the animation in that bit was really good, and that just stood out to me. Um, and sorry, I know that was sort of a weird tangent. No. Um, speaking of the containment unit, like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Holy shit.
2: They, they have a very interesting idea in the animated universe uh, of how the containment unit works, and uh, it, it shows up a couple of times. Mostly it's, like, a void, like, a just a just a nether realm of of infinite space and all these uh, and what looks like like floating rubble of a city um so i'm not sure what the idea was but it almost looks like it's a it's a dimension that's already been destroyed and they're using it to store ghosts
0: yeah it's it's like the ghostbuster it's not like the ghostbusters built this like just sort of storage unit it's like they built a parallel universe to keep all the ghosts in well, it's, I think it's it's just a really weird to keep them in
2: but yeah like to, to that ghost that connects to a parallel universe but then sometimes yeah. in, in certain episodes it looks like a uh, like it looks like a sewer system. So I don't know if it just if there's just multiple ways in or, or if you know the I, I guess it just operated just under
0: the there. idea that just like physics doesn't apply in there.
2: Did you did you guys either you guys watch um, uh, The Other Side? I
0: did not. No.
2: The other side is an episode where the Ghostbusters are transported into a parallel dimension where everything is reversed. Uh, because most of the writers on the real Ghostbusters were enormous Star Trek fans, and the <laughs> um and so the uh, real ghost uh, the, the real Ghostbusters and and in fact all humans I don't know you ever see any other humans are being hunted down by the uh, uh, by the people busters and the, and the world is inhabited by ghosts and uh, with like slime backpacks uh, and all that and they're and you know they're being chased down and Egon and I think Ray. Or maybe it's Egon. yeah you know, I think it is Egon and Ray get captured and put in the containment unit at the People Busters headquarters, and then Peter and Winston um, are like flying around. Like, and by the way, in this world, humans can fly and pass through walls and do everything ghosts can do. Just the roles are reversed. And they're um, and they're trying to es- escape and break them out. And Egon goes, "Okay, but like, don't feel like you have to hurry. It's actually quite nice in here." And they're sitting on in a grassy field on a sunny day, like having a picnic inside the containment unit. Like it looks like the Windows XP background. And and I'm <laughs> like, that's shit. amazing. Like the that's idea that's actually awesome. Like the idea that like the ghost dimension is is actually something that's a little more attuned to what they you know to what uh like to to how they would. Or, or, like, it meets their needs better than the real human world would, uh, would, and it makes it a little less cruel and unusual that they're imprisoning, uh, all these spirits, f- uh, for eternity, for nothing more
0: than being yeah. a pest. Because that's kind of the thing, if you, if you stop to think about it, that, like, that's... I mean, I, I guess I guess if you get into it, like, some of these things are, like, demons and, and, like, manifestations of bad human emotions and stuff, but, like, theoretically, some of them are just people what died. Yeah. And, uh you know and they're putting them in general population
2: like there's not no one's being segregated away like nobody's being protected everyone's just getting thrown into the yard together so like these you know these class six world destroyers and and uh, and absolutely feral monsters are getting thrown in with like the grandma that like couldn't you know couldn't <laughs> say goodbye or, or, yeah. or this.
0: like it's it's a it's a total nightmare and, and well, you get, the guy who's just a like a failed pickpocket, and he gets thrown into a cell with fucking Gozer the Gozerian, and it's like, what are you in for? Well, Gozer. Well, Gozer did not survive. Gozer well, yeah, got yeah, blown up. What with her own
2: uh, dimension or whatever.
1: Well, presumably, with, given what they show in the Reverse World episode, though, that probably doesn't happen because theoretically, the same thing would happen to humans in the alternate dimension. But given what you literally you see, admittedly.
0: Yeah. That, that makes you wonder, like it's so in the in the other dimension is like can it's, ghosts die and become people? Like it, how does it, that
2: all, all I know is that there's a big there's a big blimp that says welcome to Boo York the big pumpkin
0: and I died and then I became a ghost.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Oh
0: dang. Well did yeah. if you if you, since you're a ghost, do you have to bust yourself? Yeah, uh, only only if someone pays. <laughs> Okay.
2: <laughs> the Ghostbusters are a morally gray operation, and they are purely for profit, except in in, in specific instances where they are not.
0: Okay. So speaking of uh, speaking of money and stuff like that, uh, so we should probably touch on a little bit why the show is called the Real Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you want me to I, go, go over that, or do you want to? Sure. I, I mean, I I could also, but I mean, if you want to,
2: go for it. So there was a show in the late seventies uh, called The Ghostbusters. That was a live-action kid show um, starring like like some of the guys from F Troop. I don't know if the, the, yeah. the actors off the top of my head. And a person in a gorilla suit. And it was like you know very short-lived. And then they would get called up and they'd have to go you know stop a ghost. And it was a lot of slapstick, sort of Scooby Doo yeah. kind of stuff. And when they were making uh, the original Ghostbusters, they had a they actually went through a ton of names. So uh, there's like there's a video you can watch where they do the commercial in the in the original movie where they say every different iteration that they were considering. There's like you know the, the original script was called the Ghost Smashers, and then there was like uh, not as
0: good of a name.
2: Yeah, the Ghost Blasters, like no. uh, the Ghost Stoppers, and then the Ghostbusters, um, and then there's like maybe a couple others, uh, and. They the studio was working was saying like don't use anything that somebody else already has the rights for. They had like nine months to make this movie. They only got to make it because like because of some favors that were done, and because they lot like another movie had to go out of production because of um, you know off screen stuff. And they're like okay, you guys get your chance to make your movie, but you know you have to make it in nine months. And they said deal over for this budget, and they said deal. Uh, but they still hadn't had a name by the time they were filming the final scenes, uh, and they. And so the they're outside Central Park West, um, and they've got a huge crowd that are cheering Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. Because the way and then the way that they were advertising this movie until that point was just with the logo. It's like where the the Ghostbusters logo from Michael C. Gross, like the famous, like it's it's recognized the world over, was just on billboards with no explanation while they were filming this movie to, to like raise hype. So it finally had a name uh, when they like all these people shouting and. Uh, I think it was uh, Ivan Reitman that like uh, was on the f- like on the phone probably like a car phone or something with the studio being like hey you a very uh, in a very uh, back to the future way like it's like hey you guys figure out the rights for the name yet cuz if not like you better you better figure it out soon cuz listen to this uh, cuz yeah and uh, it was everyone chanting it's like you don't want to refilm this scene do you uh, uh, with all the extras and everything and so they went with Ghostbusters but they when they negotiated the rights they only had the rights for a movie. They didn't have the rights for television and all, and the you know the toys and all that other stuff, uh, which they eventually bought. But the but the company uh, Filmation that had bought the rights to the original Ghostbusters show decided to uh, capitalize and well, they, either... they, they they made the original show, didn't they? Yeah, but the, well, I I can't remember if they actually produced it or if they just had the rights at the
0: time. I, I'm pretty but... sure they did. I, I the version of the story that I got is from I mean credit where credit's due is from a really old video that Movie Bob made. Okay, um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure Filmation
2: he he would have gotten yeah. those details right. Uh, I'm sure because he's a big Ghostbusters fan. But the but you know, so Filmation made that like they yeah, you know, and they they made a uh, cartoon just called Ghostbusters uh, <laughs> around the same time as the real Ghostbusters.
0: But yeah. so w- a weird thing about that cartoon is it's like it it treats itself as like an an in canon sequel to the original fucking '70s show. Yeah, they the, so like the characters the, in that are like children. the sons. Yeah, the sons
2: of the original characters, and then they have you know Kong
0: the gorilla is as, you know there. No, no, that's that's the that was part or, or, that was one Tracy of the jokes the is Tracy the gorilla. Yeah, Kong yeah, it was Spencer Tracy and Kong, but Kong was one of the dudes, and Tracy is the gorilla. Yeah, yeah,
2: and I and I had a tape of that show too because my you know because they they fucking got my grandparents with that switcheroo, like <laughs> they they asylum filmed uh, you know my grandparents, and so I got two. Tapes, I think probably because my grandma bought bought the um, filmation Ghostbusters tape and was going to give that to me for like Christmas or or something. And then my like, somebody pointed out that it wasn't like it wasn't the the Ghostbusters that I watched, and so she got she gave me she bought the one that had knock knock on it. and I got both of them, uh, but I liked that other one too. Like uh, Prime Evil was like a was a great villain in the filmation Ghostbusters. He was a yeah the, a robot like skeleton wizard. He was. <laughs> he was essentially a, a cyborg version of Skeletor, and his mouth was a wow. screen that had a um, that had a waveform going between it as the mouth, and so he would talk through like the waveform. And oh man, that was I, I was obsessed with that
0: specific character design, and like I yeah. incorporated it into all kinds of monster drawings that i made. It's that's something from what I understand is that the filmation Ghostbusters actually is pretty good as far as eighties cartoons goes. But it's up against the real Ghostbusters, which is, like, one of the best cartoons of the era, flat out, so. I, I feel like the having that competition was
2: very good for keeping the real Ghostbusters more uh, grounded and more straight, like, uh, like kind of more straightforward with the, uh, with the you know, the Ghostbusting and all that and keeping it in the real world, because the Ghostbusters, Filmation's Ghostbusters, was a very He-Man-like, like they would go to... You know, there was a ghost world that all the ghosts came from, and there was all kinds of wacky cartoon characters. That like all the all the bad guys looked like like second tier
0: He-Man bad guys. Actually, and, that's um that that's something kind of to bring up, and this it's very much in the spirit of the actual movie. But the real Ghostbusters like really makes a point of like reiterating that this it takes place in New York. Like there are so many shots of the New York Skyline. They'll, they'll talk about, like, New York locations. They Thank talk about, just, like,
1: Queens and shit. Yeah, yeah. they'll just
0: be like, oh, yeah, the, the, the ghost is heading to Brooklyn. We better follow it. Just yeah, um, all the time dropping that they're from New York.
2: Yeah. My, J. Michael Straczynski, I think – or no, 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 that's what it is. Uh, sorry, I'm getting my errors wrong. It's actually uh, uh, Eric Burnham, who does the comic, uh, will make notes about funny-sounding names in the New York area, like funny-sounding town names. Uh, so that because it works better in universe for a, like a Ghostbuster story so when they're like offhandedly mentioning where things are it'll be like in Schenectady or something oh uh, cool they, I think they did some of that in the, in the real Ghostbusters as well and then they also have them travel you know, they go to they go to New Orleans or Louisiana at some point and they go to Hollywood and they go to Paris and and the, you know a few things like that as well yeah
0: as well but I, I do like that the bulk of the show either takes place in the city or like on occasion they'll go upstate but for the most part, it's in New York New York yeah they're not a global ghost hunting force they just take care of New York so um, we might have talked a little bit about so speaking of um, wait, did did we did we talk about the thing in miss 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 Haversham's attic that was before no. the recording that was before the recording so that was an episode that really stood out because it was weirdly oh. personal for this character oh hello sorry I
2: that my uh, someone was trying to call me from a number I don't recognize. Oh, okay. We're, anyway, continue. I Mike. mean, uh,
0: the nice, uh, nice fucking Steven Universe ringtone. By the way, uh, I was. don't sure know if you that's... could hear it from there. <laughs> I could, one hundred percent. I don't know if that's going to be on the on the uh, like final audio, but um, so w- uh, fu- what the fuck was I saying? You were, you were talking, saying, about talking about Miss talking about the weird, the weird uh, character moments in Miss Faversham's attic. There we go. Yeah. So there's this thing where, like, it, we've kind of mentioned before that the show kind of gives Peter Venkman like a bit of depth. I mean. Like, a, a lot of the actual, like, sort of heart of the characters, like, they they, they lean very hard into into sort of uh, Ray dance being kind of the dumb one. Um, it's almost like uh, big, Matt, you know, that, that limousine bit from Homestar Runner. It's like, oh, but they made me fat. It's like, well, you're the comic relief kind of oh, thing. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Winston is Winston and Egon's Egon. But, like, Peter Finkman is almost pure sass. But then... He gets this episode where, like, this old lady comes to them for help, and Peter Venkman, like, decides, like, hey, we're going to help her for free because she Without reminds me of any, my mom.
2: Yeah, any hesitation uh, – he, I don't even – I'm not even sure if he says that out
0: the gate, but he's just like – like he's like, no, well, like, don't worry. Like, no, early on, I, I actually watched it recently. Yeah, he yeah. actually – he he says that they'll do it for free, and then later the guys ask him why. It's like Peter, what's what's getting into you? You're like, like actually you the okay? greediest person here. Yeah, it's like she reminds me of my mom, guys. I we gotta help her out. Yeah, and, and they don't they don't drill him on it. Like they're like okay, which I like. Yeah, I, and I actually actually like that, that touch as well. They're just like all right,
2: say no more. Yeah, like, it's usually it's usually Ray that signs them up, uh, or, or or Winston that guilts them into it. Like that where they when they do something pro bono, but the. But this is the first time Peter just steps up, zero hesitation, and just is like, "It's like, well, don't worry, we have a special going on this week, and like, it, you know, and with everything, it'll cost you, you know, uh, was it a smile? That's what he says. A smile, yeah. Um,
0: I'm going by memory here, which always frightens me when I can do that. But yeah. The-
2: <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, so they so they yeah. do the whole thing, and not to get into too much detail, because I, re- I really think people should watch the episode for themselves. It's on Netflix, like the rest of the show is right now. Um. But the bottom line is, you know, they solve the lady's problem, and then they realize that she's alone, and then while the other Ghostbusters, like, go off to do another job, Peter opts to stay behind uh, to have tea with this lady. So, I mean, so at least for one day she won't just be sitting in this, you know, fucking, you know, old house, just, yeah, this giant house just by herself. It's a
2: giant Victorian in, in, I think, uh, I'm trying to remember, it's not in Queens, it's up up in, I don't know like the northern part of manhattan i think
0: yeah and it, and like it's it's it, the, there's a musical sting and there's actually it's yeah it's actually a really memorable ending and you were actually telling me apparently after that like um again straczynski wrote that episode and some of the other folks working it, on the it, show it asked him like dude are you okay
2: it. yeah it, the, the, oh. I, I actually didn't know that story but like but yeah it sounds sounds about right like they yeah um, I don't know if it's true or not, but, yeah, the the story that that I, I saw was that, yeah, Straczynski, like, people came to him, and was like, after the, he submitted that episode, they hadn't, you know, animated it yet, it was like, dude, is everything alright? <laughs> like, are you doing okay? <laughs> yeah. Because it was, yeah. you know, it just seemed it was dealing a lot with, you know, she, he, uh, or Venkman's just like, yeah, my mom was just, just alone a lot, uh, and and she was just so sad, and, like, and, and it do, he doesn't outright say it, but, like, yeah, she's not, a, like, his mom's not around anymore, and... Like, you know, she passed away. And so, like, there's this, like, that one moment there. And then I mentioned earlier, we were talking about it. Like, I think it's a later episode where, um, I think it's Venkman's Ghost Repellers or something like that, where, uh, his dad shows up, uh, like, Venk- Peter Venkman's dad. And his and, and his dad is the part, is, is definitely the part of Venkman that is a total asshole and it doesn't really give a shit about anybody. Is always looking, is, is like a total P.T. Barnum, like, trying to put one over on everyone, always trying to capitalize. He's- yeah, he's a huckster. Yeah, total huckster. Like he thinks that he thinks uh, he congratulates Peter on setting up the whole Ghostbusters thing because he thinks it's all a rube. Like that, ghosts clearly aren't actually real, and that he is he's tricked the entire city of New York into thinking they are, so that they'll pay him to keep the ghosts away, and he can make a mint and not have to lift a finger. And uh, and when you pair that together, it's like, oh my God! Like if this lady, it was like Peter's mom. It's like like this. This is like incredibly tragic that you know she got taken in by this total piece of shit and like Peter saw that happen and then the guy took off uh, you know and left her alone um, until you know uh, till the end of her life and like you know that's that's where Peter is like the sparks of morality that you'll see coming out of him every now and again is all because of because of that moment and it humanizes him a lot yeah uh,
0: but so let's let's talk about the total opposite end of the spectrum Let's talk about chicken he clucked. Oh, I Shall know. we?
2: I've not watched that since I was a kid. I think, but yeah.
0: uh, Matt, I think I think this is one of the the one you actually mentioned it earlier. Do, how much of that do you remember?
1: Uh, I remember like everything about it, and that episode is awesome, and it's really fucking weird though.
2: I I love was uh, there was a scene I, th- I think I remember like again like I don't think I've seen this since I was maybe you know eight or nine years old at best. Um, like, but isn't there a scene where like they come down in, in like the middle of the night? And he's like raiding the ki- like raiding the fridge or something, and then he you know and he's and he's a giant like, or is he he's already turning into a giant chicken monster?
0: Oh no, that's a different thing. that's not entirely different. There's other. love any time there must they show be a the different night, chicken episode.
2: <laughs> so chicken. He, oh god. No, I, I was just gonna say like there probably probably not a wear chicken episode, but probably another monster episode.
1: Yeah. So chicken he clucked is just as a general summary. Chicken he clucked is an episode about a. Very tired and somewhat unstable man making a Faustian deal with a devil to make all the chickens on the planet disappear forever.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. There's a, there's the yeah. weird chi- the weird chicken episodes. What I was thinking about. Uh, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not how many episodes revolve around chickens.
2: Two. At, at least okay. two. Yeah, Chickeny Clutch <laughs> is the one that is the guy that that lives near a chicken
0: uh, a, a fried chicken joint, and he hates the smell of chickens. Or something. Yeah it, yeah, it drives him mad. What's yes. wild about that episode is that the way it's solved is essentially this demon is embarrassed that he like He, he got roped stu- into
1: the stupidest contract of all
0: time. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he essentially turns to the Ghostbusters for help. That's like, look, I'll fix everything, but you gotta get me out of the contract with this moron. So help me out here. And so not like so not only does it a fucking like honest to god capital D demon termed the yeah, Ghostbusters ex- for help. Lo- it ends with him saying, "All right, guys, I owe you one. piece. Yeah, yeah. and do the, they the, do they ever collect on that favor? <laughs> I have.
2: Well, I, I, I obviously feel I feel like they no just idea. wanted to. They, they probably just wanted to stop it because it was causing chaos. But the like you know for the sake of they just wanted to end that that whole situation with the demon. But and uh, yeah, so so that episode is notable
1: for a couple of different reasons. One. There's a person who makes a Faustian deal with an explicitly stated demon. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of interesting, and I guess we can get into the satanic panic part of that in a bit a bit later because you said there was some controversy around the show, or rather, this show got away with yeah. a lot of shit. It, that no, they got away with show.
2: fucking murder, and a reason. Yeah, uh, one of the reasons is because a lot of the episodes that dealt with that, a lot of the scripts they put they sent over to the uh, uh, syndication team, so that it wasn't you know being carried by a network, so there weren't a lot of places for them to send angry letters.
1: excellent um but yeah it was notable for that it's also notable as establishing kind of like the paranormal entities being well so the paranormal entities in this show as far as i can tell range from everything from just like genuine mindless monsters to actual like honest to god institutions and the demon's or the demon they talk to in this one says that the ghostbusters are kind of well known among his kind as causing a lot of trouble for them which i thought was actually kind of an interesting development that a couple of other episodes kind of hinted at is that the ghostbusters themselves are kind of kind of have a reputation in this universe the same way that like the doom guy has a reputation in doom 2016 maybe not quite that ruinous and terrifying the
2: the ghostbusters are to ghosts and demons like that's probably who they tell stories about around you know their their hellfires and whatnot like the these are these are mere mortals that figured out a way to have leverage over the supernatural world and like thank god they can't get to us where we live
1: yeah the difference is the doom guy does and can actually get to them where they live which makes it way funnier but I digress. I will.
0: T- I mean, sorry Doom 2016 is a really good game. I'm, but like, if if you had a proton pack in that game, I I think it might actually get better. I mean, you I have wish- a shotgun
1: that has two barrels, and when you squeeze the trigger, it fires both barrels, and it blows the the demons what in half, which I, is awesome.
2: I would absolutely kill for another uh, Ghostbusters video game like we got back in 09 because. Like And I want them to really up the ante On the fact that you're firing what is essentially A fire hose that shoots lightning Lightning, yeah, yeah.
1: Which is actually, yeah. speaking of fire so, hose that shoots Lightning, Yep. good segue Call of Cthulhu, another episode Or not the Call of Cthulhu The collect call read.
2: of Cthulhu Because they for yeah, some reason didn't realize that Cthulhu was in the public domain Or they wanted uh, to try to sneak One under the folks that weren't aware of H.P. Lovecraft's work
1: yeah. Also, I think it might be referred. It was probably Cthulhu because it was probably easier for the kids to pronounce.
2: Yeah, that's because that's if a, a kid sees
1: Cthulhu, they're just gonna stumble over it. But Cthulhu I think in the episode is- they
0: they pronounce it Cthulhu. Still. They do. I- like Egon specifically yeah. does. Yeah.
1: I don't know, it's kind of a weird situation There's no way they wouldn't have known that that was
0: in public domain though. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's really weird watching the cartoon and like seeing people talk about the straight up fucking Necronomicon though Yeah, it was it's very a, strange A Shoggoth fucking shows up
1: Yeah, also strange is when they shoot the lightning guns at like the the fishmen in the sewers and they blow them to fucking pieces mm-hmm. and then said fishmen start regenerating like, well, hideous awful monsters do yeah, I don't
2: hey, – hey that Matt, was actually one of the – Hey, Matt, yo, do you know what happens to a proton stream when it hits a fish man?
1: I'm assuming it makes it fucking explode blows its fucking arms off because well, that's what happens in the show.
2: Well, I was going to make an X-Men movie joke, but no, you're correct. That's what happens.
1: Okay, yeah, no, and it's actually kind of – that was – that watching that episode was the point where I started to realize this show's actually getting away with, like, a lot.
2: Yeah, that was like, one of the episodes a lot, that, a lot. like, almost – it aired maybe twice ever. Yeah, and like, I'm not and people surprised. Would, and for a long time before the internet, people would describe this episode, and people were like, "You are fucking crazy! Like, there's no way that yeah. was a real thing that happened."
1: Th- yeah, there's no way they have an episode where they shoot lightning guns at monsters and dismember like, them, and you... also there's a and death also there's cult.
0: Th- they have they have an ally that's like this professor lady that they pick up, and she's just fucking casting spells.
1: Yeah, they have a literal master of the occult. They call in, like, a literal master of the occult to help them deal with a fucking death cult.
0: They're not even, like, And, the, and about then it, the like... episode ends with the, with the death cult, sur- like, after they defeat Cthulhu, the, the death cult, like, surrounds the Ghostbusters. Like, they're gonna fucking lynch him, and then the fucking cops show up. <laughs>
2: because the only other way that was gonna end was with murder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like you know, you know they would have had to do it. Like they would have had to turn those proton beams on a on a living person, and it would have been really gross.
1: Yeah, no, they they don't regenerate. That would not have ended well for them. Yeah, that's kind of one of the big takeaways I got from this show, though. Is this show got a like? Oh. I don't. I'm not even sure that Cthulhu episode would fly nowadays. But back then, that they, must have been insane. Well, they,
2: the shows these days do that, but then they would call it something else. and They'd make a joke out of it. Whereas yeah, this one, bu- like, Cthulhu rises from his slumber in the deep and comes on to land, and, like, their proton beams do nothing, and it's just like, oh my god, and then they had to, Deus Ex Machina has to
0: show up at the end to put him back to sleep.
1: Yeah. Well, and they, and like,
0: just- get a lightning bolt to strike a roller coaster. Yeah. And it's an idea that Ray got from a comic book. It's it's a little weird how they how they wrap that one up, but yeah, it's still fucking great.
1: That one's a little
2: odd. There's a line in that where Egon said, like, when when uh, they're like, "So this Cthulhu guy is real bad news, right?" And uh, and he's he's like, "Yeah, he makes Gozer look like little Mary Sunshine." Yeah. I love it whenever the cartoon references Gozer. Like, they usually... Yeah, that
0: happens kind of a lot, actually.
2: Like, I love that they continue that Gozer was a big deal. Like, Gozer almost ended the world. It was a huge turning point in, like, their history, and they don't ignore that fact.
1: Yeah. I feel like that's an equal parts thing so they can constantly tie back into the actual... Mainline franchise, and also because they actually give half a shit about continuity in the show, which is kind of a nice detail.
2: In the in the same episode, towards the end, like when they're hu- like hiding and huddling underneath the uh, roller coaster, Winston says, "Sometimes I wish I never answered that ad you guys put up." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, there's uh, an episode I didn't watch all the way through. I had to kind of skim it because, uh, basically, it's an episode where, like Egon's uncle shows up and like. It's, it's a thing that starts pretty mu- – like as soon as it gets going, like you know where this is going. It's like the uncle doesn't believe in ghosts. He thinks Egon's whole thing is just bullshit and then by the end he learns his lesson and yada, 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 yada. But there's this great bit where he, he comes in and uh, Peter Venkman introduces like everyone to – uh, to Egon's uncles, like uh, Doctor Spengler, I am Doctor Veckman. This is Doctor Stance, and Doctor Zedmore. And Winston starts to chime in with, "Like, uh, well, actually, I'm not." A, and Veckman just cuts him off, like, no, "Hold on, hold on, I'm on a roll here." <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, well, as well, thank, always, I'm really bad at repeating people. other people's jokes. So, yeah. sorry, go ahead.
1: no, it's all good. I was going to actually bring up the point that one of the one of the weird things about this show. Is at first I wasn't quite feeling it, but the more I watched it, the more I liked it. And I kind of started to realize that with this show, you sort of have two shows, at least occasionally, kind of slammed together. You have the kid part of the show, which is show Slimer and kind of unfunny physical humor and also push toys. And then you have the other part of the show, which seems to skew a lot older. And that's where you get the really interesting stuff, I feel. And the episodes I watched that focused more on the skewing older stuff were far and away the more interesting episodes and were the episodes actually really, really light.
2: Yeah, which is a shame because that's that, – that when you start seeing in later seasons, uh, they were pressured really hard to lean more towards the younger audience and, and even to make it younger and younger instead of growing with their audience like a lot of shows know how to do now. Uh, yeah, because, Samurai Jack, yeah.
1: actually a great example of that.
2: Um, you know, or even even stuff like Steven Universe, where Steven gro- ages with the show, or Adventure Time, where where Finn grows up with the show, like, and, and they get more and more like serious and complex episodes. Uh, real, the, like the real Ghostbusters went in the reverse direction and got more and more kiddy because that was what they, that was what the studio, the people that actually had the money. Felt that they needed to do to sell more toys, and yeah. and it wasn't. We, a- we got we got to sell these
0: fucking ecto coolers, and yeah. for that matter, why is why is it Slimer's name in the title? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't mind like I, I don't mind the extra like the open- once it changes the opening to Slimer and the real Ghostbusters, and they add in like Luigi the chef and like all the Slimer's friends, but. Like like that that stuff was
0: fine, but like um, oh what? Around. Hold on, hold hold on. Yeah, I hadn't actually watched any of the Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters episodes. Did you see Luigi the Chef? There's
2: yeah, there's a, there's a fucking uh, Lady in the Tramp ass fat Italian chef that feeds Slimer <clears throat> for free because they're friends, and then there's like a male uh, a mail carrier lady. Uh, who, like, comes by the firehouse, I think, and then she's, you know, and she knows, like, they introduced all these ancillary characters that interact with the Ghostbusters that Slimer could then also be friends with. Um, and then they had the Junior Ghostbusters, uh, which was also them trying to cater to a younger audience that was, like, uh, you know, three, um, you know, three diverse kids, uh, uh, two boys and a girl that were uh, that were there to, you know, be the Junior Ghostbusters, and, like, they got an old PKE meter and stuff like that. Um, and they would try to solve Ugh. mysteries, and Slimer would go and hang out with them. And then they would need to be saved by the real Ghostbusters if they got in too deep. But or sometimes they would help and save the day, as they sometimes, you know, with like the power of heart or whatever. And the uh, oh
0: god, it's that's a lesson that like people making media for kids never seem to get is that like kids don't necessarily need to to watch other children.
2: Well, it's all based like, off of like the Batman and Robin thing. As soon as they introduced Robin in the Batman detective comics like the, the younger um, you know the younger reader uh, viewership whatever exploded and like every every show since then has been chasing that. like you have to have the child yeah. sidekick because then the kids can imagine themselves as being in on the action as well.
1: But, like, the thing about Ghostbusters, though, at that point, is Ghostbusters had already established... I guess in the minds of studio executives, though, it was they could increase that. But Ghostbusters had already established itself as being, like, really popular with kids around that time. Yeah,
2: they were actually getting, um uh, like, Dan Aykroyd and stuff would actually get letters from school teachers and every, and stuff about how they're, when their uh, the kids would play Ghostbusters on the playground, it was they were all working together, and they were fighting against invisible monsters, and it wasn't adversarial, and there wasn't any, like any violence against each other like and it was all you know yeah and there was like a lot of positive stuff that came out of it which is yeah why. because like yeah, they, like
1: as a kid who, oh god
2: i was gonna say it's like they double down on the fact that like they don't destroy everything that they come across like they will try to solve the mystery they will sometimes you know so they'll sometimes help a ghost that's being benign and and they'll you know and they capture they capture ghosts and they put them in a safe space they don't they don't just uh, annihilate them left and right like You know, a lot of, uh, like, was the perception of a lot of the, you know, quote-unquote violent kid shows back then that were all extremely nerfed down with, you know, harmless laser fire that was always over people's heads.
1: Yeah, and, like, the thing I remember is is one of the things I distinctly remember about Ghostbusters growing up with the franchise as a kid is Ghostbusters uh, was one of those movies that... Wasn't it? It was kid friendly, but it wasn't aimed at kids. It
2: was '80s, kid-friendly, <laughs> so it yeah, had yeah, stuff in it.
1: Yeah, which made it a grown-up thing, which made it cool. Yeah, the, that's what I remember about Ghostbusters, or at least thinking it when I was like literally five years old.
2: Well, absolutely. Like the one thing that solidified um, my fandom of it was I, I loved it when I was a kid. I watched it, watched the TV show all the time, and then I would watch the movies. They would. Uh, my my dad rented it for me one time when I was. Um, sorry, i was hearing a lot of noise. One of my cats is knocking something over. Um, the uh, I was I would watch the the VHS date from the video rental store every time I got sick. Like my dad brought it home for me so I could see it, and uh, and I was obsessed with it then. And then I didn't see it for a while. Like it was wasn't until I was um, in like high school when I saw uh, it came on Comedy Central one day, and I wa- and I watched it again. And there were so many jokes I didn't remember. Like, the whole, he's a sailor, he's in New York, we get this guy laid, we won't have any trouble, and, like, all the smoking that's in that first movie, and, like, and, um and like you know, there's like a bunch of there's a uh, the the scene where ray is you know in, in the in the montage where ray is sleeping and the ghost unzips his pants
1: oh yeah the ghost blow job i was wondering yes, when yes. we were going to get to there, that That was, was like a whole subplot
2: that was cut wasn't it yeah it's uh, the fort det marrying scene where uh, it's not, there's not a lot of it but they did just finally uncover the uh, the film of it in Ivan Reitman's uh, uh, storage unit uh, so we're they're gonna try to restore that one, I guess, and they'll pu- they'll put it up somewhere. They, it sounded like uh, Reitman just got, uh, interviewed on the um, There's a, a Ghostbusters podcast called the Interdimensional Cross Rip that's phenomenal that just had its hundredth episode, and they interviewed uh, both Dan Aykroyd and Ivan Reitman on the hundredth episode, and and Reitman said that he's not there wasn't a whole lot to that scene other than what you already saw, and it wasn't very good, which is why they cut it. But there was supposed to be this whole thing where they were, they were, uh, Ray and Winston investigate Fort Depp which is being haunted, and they're trying to call the ghost out, and they can't. And Ray dresses up as the, in like an old general's outfit and falls asleep on the bed. And, and that's when the ghost shows up, because she, I guess, had a love affair with, uh, with a general at that fort, and they capture her or something. And that's the, that's what Ray and Winston are coming back from when they're having the, the talk about the end of the world. Um,. <sighs> So when they're coming Excellent. coming back in over the uh, over the George Washington Bridge, um, you know it's the reason why they're in the car together. It's the reason why they're not there at the firehouse when uh, Peck shows up and blows blows the containment unit. Uh, they were they were there on an all night bust taking care of that ghost. But it's such a weird tonal shift. Like it's the one it's the time I'm always uncomfortable showing that movie to a new person.
1: Um, yeah, and that is like the one scene everybody points to. Because if you watch that movie, like, and you weren't a child, because that went straight over my head. Oh, as I a thought kid, she. I thought.
2: Like, I thought he. I thought he passed out because he got scared that a ghost was like. Yeah. Same. Off. Like, and because yeah. you know, ghost pulling down someone's pants, you know, as a comedy thing, wasn't out of out of the range of my imagination. But a ghost, you know, slobbering on a knob was definitely not something I was familiar with at the time.
1: Yeah. Same. But yeah, that's like the one scene everybody always remembers. It's so as being uncomfortable. Really it's really out of place, and it's even
2: worse when you've like heard when you've read a lot of stuff from Dan Aykroyd. Like, like he is he has a story about a friend of his that like was staying in a haunted hotel room in in um, New Orleans and like a, and had a three way with two ghosts, and that ghosts have sex with people <laughs> all the time. Like he's he's adamant that ghosts are are just like people; they can be very sexual, and you sometimes and 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 ghosts will have sex <laughs> oh, with people. Oh, jeez! Oh,
0: yeah, awesome. So, Dan Aykroyd so of- is
2: is is a crazy uncle, and I love him. But sometimes I'm like, Dan, Dan, please stop. Some of the stop, shit, stop. Yeah, that that
1: dude is a trip, and some of the shit that leaves his mouth is unreal. I
2: love that he exists yeah. in this world. He is a pure being. He is very positive, and 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 he is, uh, you know, he will speak out against anyone that's being treated unfairly, and I love him for it. But sometimes he needs to shut the fuck up because he sounds like a <laughs> lunatic. <laughs> ah.
0: So s- speaking of. Um, stuff that's ghost kind of jobs. really out of place. You mentioned Walter Peck. Uh-huh. Man, that's like it's not the, it, like that's the thing is after the Ghost Blow job being the first observation people will point out about that movie when they actually like stop to think about it. The second one is how weird it is that like the EPA are the they're kind of the bad guys in that movie. Reaganomics.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was bureaucracy that was the bad guy in that movie because it was a going into business story.
0: Yeah. But like it, it, was a weird. It was. It felt like a weird choice. More and more as the years have gone on, and especially these days, it feels like a weird choice. Well, it's the reason why. It's like, oh see- man, watch out for the fucking Environmental Protection Agency. Not for much longer. <laughs> uh,
2: <well. laughs> but the yeah the it's it's the reason why you'll see people list it as like you know the top 100 like liberal movies of all time, and you know Ghostbusters will make it on there. But then they'll be like the top 100 uh, conservative movies of all time, and Ghostbusters will make it on there. <laughs> It's just like, yeah, yeah, I think maybe you guys are reading a little more into this than you were intended to.
1: Although I do th- yeah. say, I think that's kind of tribute to Ghostbusters sort of universal appeal as a franchise, well, as both a franchise, but especially like that first movie. Like that movie, yeah.
2: well, it's, it's when I think so of It's like, many different things. Like it's a horror yeah, it's movie, a, it's, it's a comedy, it's a going into business story, it's a New York it's movie,
0: a, it's, a, you know, yeah, it's a buddy it's a movie. A it's a scientist movie. It's, it's a fantastic it's, movie. Yeah, it's, like it's I th- like when it
1: comes to like... When it comes to like unassailable classics from the '80s, the three I think of immediately are RoboCop, Ghostbusters, and Terminator. Those are like the big three. I'm going to be really embarrassed if Terminator was super early '90s. No, Terminator One was '80s, right?
2: Yeah, Terminator One was
0: '80s. I believe so. Okay, awesome. It was like, I it still was, like still it was, Terminator Two is six. is super '90s though. It is the yeah. '90sist. Yeah, I was about to say T two. I remember being like very. He hacks early into 90s. an
2: ATM with a palm top computer. It's definitely not the '80s. <laughs> excellent. The, uh, it's got yeah. bad CGI in it. It's the 90s. Yeah,
1: it like 90s. CGI in T 2 isn't that bad actually. Well, it holds up because they
2: did something that CGI was good at, which is like a formless reflective surface.
1: Yeah, no, it, it's designed to be like really, like even back when that CG was new, it was supposed to be weird looking and
2: off-putting. Yeah, that's the same that's reason they, why um, yeah. it was the same thing in whatever that, that movie was uh, that came out at the, around the same time that had a big reflective, uh, like water worm or something in it. There was like two movies that did that same effect that actually still look good. Sphere? Um, like, I don't know. Maybe. But then there was, um, uh, what was it? It's like, it's like Toy Story. Like, it, it's, it was incredibly primitive CGI by today's standards, but they, they played to the strengths of what CGI could do well, which was plastic surfaces. And so, all the main characters and, like, the environments in that movie looked good and the people look like Nightmare Fuel.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Which I guess they kind of also played the strengths of, because one of the main characters in the original Toy Story, one of the more prominently featured one, is yeah. Nightmare Fuel.
2: Yeah, they don't show so. Andy uh, very much, and they don't show his mom like at all, uh, but, they, but they show a lot of Sid, because when they show people in that animation style, it looks incredibly off-putting.
1: Yeah, the only yeah. other character I can think of that, like, shows up in that human character I can think of is, like, Sid's sister. Mm-hmm. Shows up for a little bit in that
0: film. But, like, and she's also supposed to be scary, so... Yeah, less scary, though. Yeah, she's... But,
2: yeah. You're supposed to not know, about, you know anything about her until uh, you find out what happens to Buzz, and then yeah. he's just having a tea party.
1: In one of the funniest <laughs> yeah. scenes in the movie, That. I've
2: yeah. been, I totally have seen... We're getting
0: uh, way off base. Um, we are. So, so I can bring so, it back
2: around. So I, so I, I do yeah. the... Uh, as I've, I've been on a few podcasts now, but for those that don't know, like I, I have a Ghostbusters costume group called the Atlanta Ghostbusters, and we do conventions and things. I have, but I have seen somebody cosplaying as the Mrs. Nesbitt variation of Buzz Lightyear, and oh it was God, incredible. Yes. Like, I, oh, yes.
0: yeah. Complete with carrying the arm around.
2: Yeah, like with the hat on yeah. and stuff. Like I, 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 it was in a crowd, and I wasn't sure what I was seeing at first. I saw someone in power armor, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. But what's going on with holy shit? Holy shit. And I was like, and I and I just, you know, I got close enough. I was like, Mrs. Nesbit," And, like, they pointed over to me like, yeah. Awesome. I'm sure they were that's, getting that all night. Wonderful. It's not like that's a deep pull, but I was like, it took me half a second to process because I didn't get a complete picture at first.
0: Okay. No, I don't blame you for a minute. Um, so there's still a ton we could talk about, but we have been going for more than an hour. Uh, Joe, do you want to throw out any final thoughts about Real Ghostbusters?
2: Uh, I'd say that even though my my hard rule is if you can only watch you know a handful of episodes, watch the first season. Um, uh, there are still great episodes that are that go all the way through to like the six seasons and stuff where. Um, because like, J. J. Michael Straczynski didn't leave the show. He still was writing good stuff and they were working around the limitations that they had. Uh, so one of the ones I, I watched recently, which not I could, wouldn't really say it's like a great episode, but there is an episode where Walter Peck shows up. and oh boy, it's called Big Trouble and Little Slimer. And Walter Peck shows up with some with some uh, like henchman uh, private investigator. And, and he has joined, like, a, you know, unidentified, you know, flying objects uh, task force team or something. And he classifies Slimer as unidentified and flying. And, uh, and they, like, take him to a, a science lab where they're going to dissect him and all that. And their version of Walter Peck is incredible. Like, as, like, just this maniacal evil villain. And, um, and I just, I would love to see, uh I, I, I am trying to come up with the, the actor's name. And it's,
0: oh, William Atherton.
2: And William Atherton, thank you. I was like, I know it's one of the bills. There's many bills that worked on Ghostbusters, uh, but yeah, William, William Atherton, I think would find it hysterical because like he is he has dealt with a lot of stuff for being you know Walter Peck. That's what people recognize him as, Walter Peck and the asshole reporter from Die Hard.
0: He's very good at playing <laughs> an asshole.
2: Oh, so. especially an '80s asshole. He had the right hair yeah. for it. He could like bug his eyes out real good.
0: Yeah. But all right. Um, so. All right, so that's that's the real Ghostbusters. Do you want to talk at all about like Atlanta Ghostbusters in general?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, uh,
0: before we move on to questions,
2: yeah, I'll, I'll be brief. We do uh, so you know in addition to just having fun and, and making costumes because it's a lot of fun to dress up like your childhood heroes and and you know and watch people's faces when you show up uh, in costume with all the ga- gadgets and everything. We also do a lot of charity work uh, as a you know just to make sure that we're we're not doing it for purely selfish selfish reasons, it's also a lot of, a lot of fun to, to do things for, to do all that and have it be for a good cause. Um, so we're raising money right now for, an, uh, in a couple of weeks, we're doing a, uh, the American Cancer Society Relay for Life, and if you go to the, uh, I'll make sure we get a post up soon on the page, but if you go to atlanticghostbusters.com it'll bring you to our Facebook page, um, and then we're atlghostbusters on Twitter and Instagram. We're actually selling uh, uh, packages where you can get uh, the official Atlantic Ghostbusters patch, um, and then a die cast pin that we've just just got made, um, and it's like 20, okay. 20 bucks if you want two pins and a patch, or it's ten bucks if you just want two pins. Um, there's a there's a button pin and a, and a die cast pin, and that all goes towards our American Cancer Society fundraiser.
0: Okay, and this episode's going to be going live about two weeks after we record this, so it, mm. that's probably going to be about when you guys are doing this stuff.
2: Yeah, it's it's gonna uh, it's like. Yeah, I guess it might be a little too late for that, but even so, we're always we're always getting money for the next uh, the next year's relay, so it doesn't really matter if you can make it this time or not. You'll still get your you'll still get your um, your pins and patches as long as we don't run out before then.
0: Okay. Um, well, are you gentlemen ready to move on to some questions? Yeah. Why yep. Not? Let's do it. Okay. Um, first, let's get out of the way a person who actually sent us several questions. Some guy named Joel. Um, oh boy! Some 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 guy named Joe. Um, let's see, Wait, Joel or Joe? Joe. Okay. I, I was trying to make a joke at that, but then like I fucked up when I was saying the name because I'm used to saying Joel because because yeah. because of Tina teenagers with attitude. No, because but, if
1: it was Joel, I was going to uh, respond with sarcastic flippancy. But if yeah. it's somebody else, I'm not going to do that. Well, I, not immediately. Anyway.
0: The, the joke I was making is that it, it is Joe who is here on this on this podcast
1: okay
0: sent us questions before he knew he was going to be guesting
1: yeah
2: right okay last week and i was uh, i was in orlando last week for a star wars
0: celebration so i couldn't do it then yeah it got postponed because it, just sometimes we have to postpone the recording for various reasons a lot of the time it's because my weird sleep schedule makes it so that i'm just too tired to do it yeah i hear you um but let's uh let's let's see um, if you were trapped in a parallel dimension where ghosts ruled the world, which Ghostbuster would you want there with you? Um, I'm gonna go with Egon. Yeah,
1: I was gonna go with the same.
0: Yeah, Egon's definitely the smart choice. Uh,
2: yeah. I, would, I would definitely. Uh, I think I would probably take uh, take Ray or Winston easily as well. I just just please, please not not Vanekman. <laughs> not Benkman. Benkman, okay. Benkman, we said
0: so many we, nice things he, about him
2: today. But listen, Venkman is a complex character, but if it was between you and him, and he didn't know you, and he was not friends with you, he would feed you to a demon to get out of that place.
0: Yeah. All right. Um. right. Let's see. Also from you. Uh, they made so many Slimer in the Real Ghostbusters household products, shampoo, toothpaste, juice drinks, gummy candy, cereal, etc., what product that you use every day would be improved if it more closely resembled a green, manif- green manifestation, uh, ectoplasmic manifestation of gluttony and hedonism? Um, <laughs> Dude, you're
1: really good at writing these questions.
2: Like, listen, the, the mumbo jumbo uh, Ghostbusters talk is, is a talent of mine.
1: Okay, the, to answer the question, I guess my wallet, because if it was bright green, it'd be easier to spot.
0: I'm I'm gonna go with my my wristwatch because the glow in the dark button stopped working and I kind of wish I could actually still make it turn green. <laughs> All right, well the
2: you know the, the downside to that is it's gonna smell really bad and it's going to eat that's anything. That's fine. It's gonna eat
0: and the wall, it's gonna eat anything
2: you put into it though. If okay, that's less fun. <laughs> uh,
0: well, let me tell you about something about let, let me tell you something about uh, being a guy who constantly wears a watch. There's a smell anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So just just a little pro tip. Um. Anyway, uh, one more from uh, this mysterious Joe character. Um, the Ecto one was a '59 Cadillac Miller Meteor ambulance or a hearse. I, I guess the. Yeah, it, I guess that's, that's is, that model. Is that, was, it, that that model was made both ways. So, oh, okay. So it's Because yeah, when you, when you put ambulance point. slash hearse, I didn't know if that was you like saying. I didn't know if that meant ambulance was the original, and then hearse was like the you were referring to the remake or the reboot or the sequel or whatever in in the at least in the movie um, I think I don't know if it's supposed
2: to be a hearse or not but the model that they used was an ambulance variant Uh, but in the uh, in the cartoon I don't know if I think I think they refer to it as a hearse uh, both in the real Ghostbusters and in extreme Ghostbusters and then it's very clearly a hearse
0: in uh, in answer the call in like the twenty sixteen reboot. Um, yeah, they they very they lean into the being a hearse in that one, which makes sense. Which I actually which I actually liked. I, I liked that touch. Um, I actually have an answer. Uh, but yeah, to that. what weird vehicle would you want to make into an ectomobile? So oh,
1: VW Beetle.
2: One of the modern like ninety or early ninety ones. Shit, I have a I have a seventies model Beetle uh, uh, conversion. A uh, photo that I have I could share with you. Fuck, yeah, I'd actually awesome. be interested in seeing that. Also, yeah, an older Beetle would
1: be, like, the second pick, but I specifically think, like, the very weird-looking... I fucking loved that car as a kid. I have no idea why. I still why. love that it's car. Just, yeah, it's just such a goofy-looking vehicle. They, I love it. They
2: almost made it black, and they almost gave it its a mind of its own with, like, a computer-control system, and I'm so glad that those were things that got left on the cutting room f- uh, floor, because I love You see, them. I kind
1: I, I love the, like... I remember the VW Beetle, like, the later 90s one... Came in like a weird lime like a reflective lime green and I fucking loved that color scheme as a kid. Hell it basically and, and looked like ectoplasm green. Go figure Yeah,
0: basically. Um kinda speaking of the, the reboot, I kind of would want that doofy bike that Kevin was riding around on in the, that movie. The Ecto two. <laughs> yeah.
2: It has a it has a license plate. It says Ecto two. That's on it. great. They made two of those bikes. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Nice,
1: excellent.
2: Yeah, that was a good. That was a really good move. I, I liked that they included the Ecto two, even though it like barely was on screen at all. Um, I, know, I cannot find. I, I lost a lot of stuff with a hard drive crash, and I th- don't. I cannot find the VW Beetle Ecto, though I do have a Smart Car Ecto, which is hysterical. Um, nice. Any rate, the uh, the one that I would pick would be um, the. There's a uh, someone in my co- in my apartment complex has a a white like very well taken care of 1980s model chevy uh awd astro van that's white with like chrome trim and every time i walk by it like it's got like the fat tires on it and everything i'm just like oh man just a a red stripe on this thing you know trick out the sliding door so it opens up you know uh opens up outwards and like hang stuff on the inside like it's already a work van so it makes sense it's a commercial vehicle and like i just i just fantasize about turning that thing into an Ecto-1, mostly because it has a nice flat roof that I could put a big old roof rack on top of.
0: Nice. Alright, so let's move into some uh, some Twitter questions from other people. Um, from at Dory Mingu, you ever watched the Filmation Ghostbusters, and were they unreal?
2: <laughs> I, mean, the, I, I think I we actually have, covered
0: that already. I've never watched it. Yeah, I haven't seen it either.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, not a whole lot to talk about. But yeah, it was it was interesting. There was a lot of squash and stretch, and like they lived in a haunted house, and there was a lot of crazy creatures. So it was pretty unreal,
0: I'd say. Okay. Uh, this one is from @fletchtopper. Uh, oop. Hello. Oh. Okay. Oh. Oh. So that's the that's the yeah, smart I, car. I put the smart car into the into the chat. Okay. Excellent. All right. Um. All right. Let's try the question again. Uh, Topper, if given the opportunity. Would you start or become a regular co host on a weekly podcast that's dedicated to rewatching a nineties kids show? No, God, why would you do that? No. Why yeah, would I a, ever do that? Yeah. That that, that I, sounds like it would just
2: consume you. I mean I would. <laughs> I just don't have the
0: time. Nerd. Yeah. Oh God. Guilty Next question as charged. <laughs> Um from at Maxi Satan, assuming a level playing field, who would win? The original Ghostbusters The reboot Ghostbusters Or Danny Phantom and his friends Danny Phantom got that shit on lock I think I know nothing
2: about Danny Phantom I would would immediately say that Danny Phantom's at a severe disadvantage With being (laughs) being, uh, ghost powered I would think of it The
1: thing about Okay, here's the thing about Danny Phantom though I don't remember that show really well. I watched, like, ten episodes when I was a kid. I have no strong thoughts on it. But I remember Danny's powers basically being whatever the fuck the writers want Danny to do that episode. I'm not even sure if that's entirely accurate, if I'm just misremembering it. But he was basically a god. Okay. I think. I'm gonna rewatch that show, and Danny's gonna totally fucking suck. I
2: still say that the the Ghostbusters would manage to
0: outsmart him and use science because he's a child. Yeah. Well, there's still the part where we still have to take into consideration the original Ghostbusters v. Reboot Ghostbusters. And my thinking here is it's it's kind of a toss-up. Here's the thing. We have seen the original Ghostbusters accomplish a lot more, but that's because we've seen a lot more of them, even even if you just take it within the context, context of their films. Because, like, with the original Ghostbusters, like, they bust Slimer and then we see, like, a whole bunch more stuff happen – but with like the reboot ones, we only ever really see them bust one ghost, and then there's the big finale. Like they, we don't see much more of their career. So I like so if we're talking like if the if it's the OG Ghostbusters, but like in the timeline, it's before like that whole montage where they become famous and they're on magazines and shit. That, I was about but to it, say there's no
2: montage in the 2016 movie, which means that the they have not had as much experience,
0: so they would be at a disadvantage there. Yeah. So, like, are we. So, like, if we're leveling the playing field and assuming we're, like, earlier in the OG Ghostbusters timeline to be roughly equivalent, I mean, I guess it's just a toss up. But, like, if we're just talking about, like, where they're at at the ends of their respective films, it's got to be the OGs. Just purely based on experience, I Question,
1: though. Hold on. What what is the exact wording of this question? Because this is relevant here.
0: It 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 says, assuming a level playing field, who wins? The original Ghostbusters, the reboot Ghostbusters, or Danny Phantom?
1: But are they fighting each other? Because Ghostbusters. It just says who would win.
0: Maybe it's, like, maybe it's a ghost-busting and people busting.
1: Ghost-busting and people-busting aren't analogous. Assuming they're fighting in, like, a... Assuming they're in, like, a Battle Royale-style death game, killing each other, I'm not sure busting ghosts is really meaningful experience. I mean, I guess hmm. you still have more experience operating the equipment, but have any of the reboot Ghostbusters killed anybody?
2: Um, I would imagine that Holtzman's probably killed a lot of people accidentally.
1: Okay, but would they hesitate Possibly. to pull the trigger?
2: Um, Aaron would hmm. would hesitate for sure. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Patty probably would. She's she's too nice of a person. Abby, yeah, you know what? In fact, Holtzman's the only one that I think could actually kill someone, and that's more because she has more ambiguous morality. Uh, I mean, so, okay. does, and then, and then, so
0: does Egon though. Yeah,
2: e- Egon, but yeah, I don't know. Egon's been. I, in that I feel situation. like Holtzman
0: and Egon each exhibit kind of. Uh, Kind of a lack of consideration for the well-being of other people. Capitalist science is what is the is the biggest yeah. thing on their mind. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I think I think is it's it? really going to come down to uh, Holtzman v. Spangler is what we're dealing with.
1: Yeah. Here. Hold on. No. Uh, the the original no because Winston win, uh, remember Winston's an ex marine. Yeah.
0: Winston's probably killed people. Yeah. Winston is only. Wait, I is he ju- was I thought that was a cut subplot. It's a something. cut
2: subplot in the movie, but it is restored to canon in the comics, which take place in the movie universe. Um, yeah,
1: I think the OG Ghostbusters okay, had it. If, if that's Finson's what if that's memory, we're going with, okay. The only OG thing I can just-
2: remember about Winston in the, in the cartoon is that he used to be a construction worker. but That's one of the few th- times he mentions his past. Okay, well, if he's a construction worker in New York, he's
0: definitely killed people.
2: Yeah. So, <laughs> if he was in the union or not, that, that's what it depends on.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's move on. Uh, from at Greg C. Munn, uh, if you could reboot one childhood show, what would you choose and how would you do it?
1: Um, hmm. That's a valid question. It's tricky because my childhood shows are a whole bunch of different shows from a whole bunch of. Th- I mean, I'm assuming they're talking about, like, cartoons.
0: Uh, yeah. So I, I guess just, like, which, which one would you most want to see brought? back. And so, you know, I'm going to say Mighty Max. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's a good cuz that that was another show that was able to get weirdly dark sometimes and I feel like if if that happened again today, it could lean a bit harder into it. cuz it was kind of sort of serialized, like there was definitely a continuity and a and a like there was definitely like, there was definitely, like, a, a correct chronological order that things happened in, which is not usually the case for cartoons at the time. Well, it was,
2: ser- it was like, serialized. Like, that show had a beginning had a and begin- an end. It had a first and a last episode for sure, but I don't know that there were very many yeah. episodes in between. Well, that. I mean,
0: there there, there there were definitely, like, basically any time Skullmaster was involved, the overarching plot would move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's something I'd love to see get uh, rebooted.
1: So for me, it's a two-way tie between Curse the Cowardly Dog and Mega Sex L R.
0: Okay, Mega's.
1: Yeah, mm, both of them. Yeah. I don't I actually. In, I would think know. I was in college
2: by the time that movie came, or that show
0: came out, so I don't know if that. I you know. was like, I, I feel in, like Mega's could reach a wider audience these days than it did back in the day. Yeah, I feel like it could as well. I, I was gonna say, I feel like a lot of the stuff it was making fun of is a lot more like. Mainstream Common knowledge. Nowadays. Of, yeah, more mainstream. The yeah,
1: Pacific Rim happened, basically.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, God.
0: That's well, really What were
1: tricky, you going to say, though.
2: Joe? Um, yeah, I was just—I thinking it was... It, a lot of it had to do with the network not knowing what to, what the hell to do with it as well. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Man, I don't know. Um, like, obviously, Ghostbusters is the one that, that holds up the most to me. And almost everything else that I was obsessed with as a kid has been rebooted. Um, you know, you had... Uh, You have, uh, like, all the Ninja Turtles. Like, the Ninja Turtle shows these days are actually good, Uh, unlike
0: if you watch the the one that I grew up on, it's actually really bad.
1: Yeah, no, that show has not aged gracefully. I
0: mean, it's something we've talked about on uh, TWA a lot. I don't know if we talked about it here on on Pear Shaped, but, I mean, Turtles Forever, pretty good. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of that.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know, though. I mean... I actually, like, can't decide between Courage the Cowardly Dog and Megas XLR, and as for how you'd handle it, just make it good. That's all the advice I can give. I think both of those shows, you can—Megas would be trickier because it had kind of an end point, even if it was really rushed. Courage, I think you could just keep on carrying on. I don't think you need to reinvent the wheel with that one. Yeah,
0: I've got one. You wouldn't even really need to reboot anything with Courage, because that one definitely didn't have any sort of ongoing plot.
1: Yeah, and like that show was a, a lot of times that show is deliberately anachronistic anyway, so technology's yeah. not really a problem. So All right, what's up, Joe? So I, came,
2: I came up with something. You're gonna you're gonna notice there was there's like a running theme between a lot of stuff I was interested in as a kid, but uh, Monster Squad. That's something I would see. Like the not not the kid show. I I might be I might be calling it something wrong, but there was a team of, of people that traveled around the world and like and they were fight. Their their big bad guy was Dracula, but then they also had like like where, there was a werewolf involved. Or there was like a Frankenst- uh, Frankenstein's monster was there, and he was like he was an enemy at first, but he kind of became an un- you know an ally because he was he just wanted to be left alone, but he would sometimes get brought into plots. And it was I loved I thought that show was awesome. Uh, nice, yeah, just people going around uh, attending to supernatural instances. So, that was, that's one to look up. Uh, I, I, I feel like it was called Monster Squad, but I'm, yeah.
1: I guess one other, like, this is more of a joke than anything, but I'd like to see a reboot of that Mortal Kombat cartoon, because if, have either of you ever seen that cartoon?
2: Yeah, yeah. I saw, Which cartoon? I saw parts of it. The Mortal
1: Kombat cartoon. Have uh, either I of you ever seen it? I
2: couldn't get it? through it. it. It's,
0: it's, it is, it's bad. It is incredible. I mean. I'm, I'm, we're gonna have to watch it eventually because it is 100 percent on the list of bonus episodes for *Teenagers with Attitude*. Oh yeah, but that like, show. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: And you guys see um, see that show *Cops* that then became *Cyber Cops* fighting crime? Yeah. At the Future time. I, that was awesome. Yeah,
0: I just, I just, I just remember the the really deep voice like main guy just be like, "It's crime fighting time." Yeah. And that dude had just a fucking incredible voice. Yeah, he had a Keith David ass
2: voice. Yeah. Yeah. The. Uh, I remember that one I also remember that there was a in one of the opening episodes there's the canine unit uh, cop whose dog saves his life but like gets like almost killed in the process and then comes back as a robot dog that the that like a red and blue spinning uh, police light pops out of the back of and turns on when they're chasing someone down and <laughs> nice that was the best that was that was some Robocop 2 shit and I was all over it.
1: Oh, Robocop two. Yeah. I like that movie more than a lot of most people, and it has one of the funniest scenes in cinematic history, but oof man, you wanna talk about uneven. When they name
2: drop Robocop two as a character in the in the movie is the best scene in that movie. Oh my God! Ladies and gentlemen, RoboCop uh, Two, and like
1: the rope failed RoboCop prototype that just starts screaming, pulls, immediately reaches for its gun and just instantly commits suicide. Yeah. Oh God! After killing the scientists responsible it's for creating so, it, It's
2: so dark. Oh, it doesn't kill so him; good. it shoots him. But in the next scene, the scientist is there. Like it's. it's oh yeah! It, like with, shoots him
1: in like the leg. With a sl- or he's got a sling
2: on it. Shot him in the arm. And, oh and yeah, that's the right. Quick cuts It's hysterical. It's so dark.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: great. We've got it. Let's let's go back on. to these questions.
0: Um, I did not realize there were more so questions. This, sorry. Oh yeah, there's there's more. Um, so at personal corpse, um, and they say that uh, in parentheses, this is in reference to Kylie Griffin mm-hmm. from Extreme Ghostbusters. Best character in Extreme and, uh, Ghostbusters. And uh, sorry,
2: the best character out of Extreme Ghostbusters.
0: Yep. Uh, but this is in response to her and uh, also Jillian Holtzman from uh, from the reboot. Are lesbians better suited for ghost busting than straight men?
2: Listen, Ky- <laughs> just, just because Kylie is goth does not make her gay. The Holtzman's
0: it doesn't f- make her not gay. Co- uh, uh, <laughs> well,
2: it's, I'm saying it's assuming it's, you're assuming her sexuality. Pretty. You know, this, this
0: is the internet. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but every single character is gay.
2: Kylie is Secretly. at least bi
0: because she definitely she portrays some uh, some
2: heteronormative tendencies, despite her you know, despite her out- outward gothy appearance. But yeah, Holtzman's gay as hell, um, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know I mean I think I think it's more about the fact that both of those Characters are sort of out like social Outcasts in a way like uh, You know e- either Holtzman's On the spectrum or something but she's She's definitely she doesn't um, uh, Was it relate to to Normal people all that much at the end of that movie Have you guys have, have uh, Who's seen answer the call Mike Just Mike
1: uh, Yeah yeah. Mike has seen it I have not uh,
2: there's a scene at the End that is that's yeah I'm assuming Matt you don't care if I tell you, but yeah, go go for it's, it. It's a the character thing. Like um, so there's a scene at the end fun. where they're sitting around uh, the table after they've you know saved the day and they're finally getting recognition. Like the 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 uh, or, or, or no, they're not getting recognition. They're specifically having a bullshit reasoned broadcast on the TV as to why they you know why they're not the, why they didn't save the day and whether and that it was all hallucination drugs in the water. But the uh, but Holtzman, uh, they're 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 toasting to their success and uh Holtzman just says uh and she's been goofy the entire time um and like really irreverent and all that and she just goes up and everyone's like sort of braces for whatever stupid shit she's about to spout out she goes I just want to say that I've never had a family before and I felt that I found one with Abby and now I feel like I found one with you two and and thank you very much and I love you and she just like sits down and there's just dead silence for like two beats um and just like you know so that kind of it it fleshes out her character in a big way like why she's so why she acts the way she does um or at least like some history there like she just doesn't has never really had friends um so like her and kylie i feel like kylie's obviously like a you know big goth like girl in the 90s probably didn't have a ton of friends either doesn't seem to doesn't really like the does not like the living very much as she states um yeah, I think that definitely makes you more attuned to the supernatural and stuff like that where you're you're more likely to be noticing all this other stuff around you if you're if you're not taking part in like the main main part of society. So maybe that that's that's the common thread I see between those two characters.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um I'm gonna go back to the original question and say yes. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> lesbians are better at ghostbusting. <laughs> 'cause that's I know that's the answer that this that personal corpse wants, and that's the answer I'm going to give them. We provide
1: um, we provide the fans what they want.
0: We're yes. We're always hiring. We are an equal opportunity employer. Um so let's see. Uh at Veldrin, um after rewatching shows that you previously enjoyed as a kid, which were the most disappointing and which turned out to be even better? Um as far as what turned out to be even better, I'm I, I'm actually here's the thing. This is going to be a weird pseudo cop-out answer, but as far as most disappointing to revisit and one that turned out even better, I'm going to say Batman the Animated Series for both. Mm -hmm. Because the really good episodes of that show that everybody remembers are still legitimately fantastic. They are fucking incredible. The not as good episodes of Batman the Animated Series that people don't always remember are fucking dire i agree i've got batman in my basement is almost unwatchable And, and yeah like the that show
2: at its peak deserves all of the praise it gets but they also had to get a lot of episodes out and there were some there were some stinkers for sure yeah
1: for me i don't know i don't actually recall going back and like watching a cartoon that i really liked and I mean there are a couple of things where it's like oh this is a little simpler than I remember it being but no like major disappointments for me. Well, um I'd say a show that's substantially better than I remember it being was actually He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Cuz holy shit that show is in- that show kind of sucks. Oh, that's not a happy dog Sorry about that. That show kind of sucks. Now you get some stuck in his That fire. show Oh, that's not so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I should have turned off my, my uh, microphone for that, though. No, nah,
1: you're good, you're good. i was just sad at the doggo. But yeah, that show is actually, like, incredible. Um, it's, and it's incredible for reasons both related to it being a better show than I thought it was being, because it kind of is, and it's also related to that show absolutely giving no fucks whatsoever, and kind of falling backwards into being completely fucking awesome. I've actually been watching a fair amount of that show recently, and I fucking love it. Okay. Um, as for every, like, everything else, like I largely had I th- credit to myself, my childhood self for it's due, I had fairly good taste as a kid, and the shows I remember really liking were shows like Samurai Jack, I remember liking Invader Zim, I remember liking Megas XLR, I remember liking Courage the Cowardly Dog, I remember liking shows that have largely withheld the test of time quite well, um, and shows that I don't think have held up as well, like, I'd say like something like Rugrats. Um, I didn't like very much as a kid, so I kind of just sidestepped that issue conveniently.
2: Yeah, I I remember okay. the the shows that I have seen in adulthood, like gone back to and actually seen some of um, the uh, the ones that disappointed me the most were like X Men and Spider Man. Like there were some great storylines there, but the but the episode to episode animation and character stuff was is pretty pretty rough uh, rough work. And then the original Ninja Turtles that I, we already mentioned. Like, do not hold up as well.
1: Yeah, I-, I guess, like, most disappointing would actually probably be, like, Courage, but it really wasn't very disappointing at all. That sh- I still like that show a lot. It's just not a- quite as consistently interesting as I remember it being, but it, it was still interesting and good, so.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, so, uh, at Pidmon, how do you separate the views of a creator from their work? It depends on
1: the work, and it depends on the creator. Sometimes you yeah. kind of can, and sometimes it's fairly easy.
2: Yeah, like if they're if they're espousing their worldviews, like some of, uh, uh the, some of like the later Frank Miller stuff, it's hard to separate the creator from the work. Yeah, but the. You earlier know. stuff is not so bad, I, uh, so it's
0: and but also like it's a personal call, and it's also not something like you're not under any obligation to justify when you do and do not separate a creator from their work, nor are you under any obligation to be consistent about it. Yeah, like, nor are you under
1: any obligation to do meticulous research to figure that shit out because, like, Jesus,
0: yeah, Christ like if 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 you find out that the person who made something you like is a piece of shit and you decide to jump ship, that's your call if you decide not to jump ship that's also your call that's fine like just yeah yeah separate it if you want it don't separate it if you don't want it like just fucking whatever depends i do think like the
1: one case where this gets weird and this is purely like an academic thought exercise sort of thing when it's this is where this is weird is where you get like really gross stuff politically in a work of fiction or in a work of media Written by people who didn't even realize they were doing it, or just didn't give a shit and just half-assed it, and whatever they came up with wound up being really bizarre. You see a lot of this in like modern Ubisoft games, where the writers just don't give a shit, and they just fill in the gaps with whatever, and whatever they fill in with tends to be like really fucking terrible. You get that a lot in the modern Tom Clancy games, which I'm still salty and angry about, although the old... Tom Clancy games were also Look, very poorly written. They just weren't Matt, offensively bad. Matt, we can't. We can't. We can't <laughs> go into no. I was, I was done. I was done. I was done. I was done. That was it. That was finished. I'm not doing
0: this. I'm not doing this it. This is some, you I, are. I'm, right. I'm putting a moratorium on Tom Clancy for a while. We can't. We cannot go down this road well, again. Well, can we talk about Hunt for the Red October though? Is that is no that acceptable?
1: Okay.
2: So yeah, I, I would say I'm saying I'm going to say something that I never thought I would say, having been listening to Teenage With Attitude for a long time. I agree with Matt entirely. Uh, <laughs> wow! Wait, what? You don't always
1: agree with me. Fuck you.
2: Yep. There we go. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, you, you pretty much nailed it. If you still really like something, and you're enjoying the work, and the and the stuff that you don't like about the author isn't isn't uh, in- interjected into it. It's uh, I don't you really find any personal reason or any like any problem with that at all. It's when it's when stuff starts getting when it starts being used as a mouthpiece for a garbage person's opinions. Uh yeah. that's that's when I will personally start to shut down or like or generally when I'm not having fun with it anymore but you know it would be really heart wrenching to find out that something that I'm a ma- major fan of is made by an awful person but I have to take it yeah, on a kick I
0: think basis. I think the thing that sort of catalyzed my view on this and this issue is just the fact that it turns out that basically everything I like is actually made by terrible people. It kept happening over and over and over again. I was just like, you know what? At some point, I have to stop caring. I hey, have to. Hey, I want to be able to
1: enjoy things. Listeners, because I'm lazy, figure out how racist the Animorph authors were. I kind of need to know. Thanks. Um, <laughs> wait, do what you the actually suspect
0: that? Or are you just wanting to, like, I am just like, spouting just
1: complete fucking bullshit right now. We should probably okay. move
0: on. I thought, you, I thought you were actually saying that, like, the Animorphs author was racist and, like, you knew this I for a fact. I don't – the only thing
1: I remember about that was there were, like, weird brain mind-control parasites at some point that show up in those novels. That's, like, literally it. Also, People Who Transform. Also it. There we okay. go. <laughs> the entirety <laughs> okay. of mine – oh, they got a Taco Bell toy line at one point. I remember that as well. <laughs> God. Fucking move on. That's the next Man,
0: question. that's real great to talk about toy line because, like, I'm pretty sure that Animorphs, like as a series, is mostly about PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if,
2: if a Taco Bell toy line is this is the sign of, that you've made it that Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie was just up there. <laughs> Where,
1: where's the where's the Taco? That's a lot Bell of fish toy?
2: tacos. Yeah,
1: where's the Taco Bell toy? That's
2: just the therapist's that, office. That that stupid ad <laughs> campaign is the reason why I knew what the you know what their version of Godzilla looked like before I got to go see it in theaters. And as a Godzilla
0: fan, that, that made me a little upset. Oh my god. Uh, well, there was a lot is, to be upset about there. What's the next question? Okay, this is actually the last question, so let's okay. let's go out on a high note. It better not be some stupid bullshit. At Hunkotar asks, In a world of anthropomorphic animals, is it racist to call a tux a penguin suit? Yes. Or a monkey suit. Yeah. I'm, oh. I'm gonna say yes.
1: Or hoot this person. I mean, I love them because this is exactly the sort of stupid bullshit I would say, but. God damn it. Actually, no, I wouldn't be this clever, let's be real.
0: Yeah, Fuck. but you gotta answer the question, though.
1: No. Wow, some dissent on the panel. Yeah, and uh-huh. I'm doing it purely to dissent because I refuse. God damn it. Well, <laughs> at least it's better than last time where we didn't have to ant talk about if we liked pet play. I suppose that's. It's a step in the right direction. Yeah, I
0: mean, Decidedly non-horny that. questions this this time. It's weird. Yeah,
1: thank God. Not a single ghost job question.
2: I thought I got out. Yeah, I'm actually no.
1: surprised. I I'm shocked because I've I would have placed money on somebody asking about the ghost blow job.
0: Uh, I'm so tired of that of people Ghost blow job. Woo.
1: <laughs> the thing is though like everybody always brings that up when it comes to Ghostbusters 1 discussion because it's so out of place and like just right, the fuck out of nowhere, and it's really uncomfortable. And yeah, it's I, I kind of agree with you. I get tired of people bringing it up, but at the same point, at at on um, at the same time, like there's a reason keep people keep bringing that thing up because Jesus Christ.
0: Well, let's uh let's let's make like the uh the fucking Ghostbusters blowjob cabin subplot and leave and get out of here. So uh, well, Joe, you do you have anything you want to plug before we so go? I- um, yeah, I mean I mentioned it before, but uh,
2: AtlantaGhostbusters.com dot gets you our Facebook and ATL Ghostbusters on Twitter and Instagram. Um, check out we have you know we do cool things around the Atlanta area. Come out and see us if you're local or if you're visiting. Uh, we're a bunch of we're a bunch of dorks. And uh, aside from that, uh, check out the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Cross if you like Ghostbusters podcasts. Check out uh, Ghostbusters Resurrection if you like Ghostbusters RPG podcasts. And, uh, yeah, that's everything, everything I can think of.
0: That's not on this network. All right, cool. Um, you can find me on Twitter, uh, at Mike loves rabbit. Uh, and you can send questions into the podcast on Twitter at G shaped. That is at G S H A P E D at G shaped on Twitter uh, we'll be announcing what future episodes are going to be about, and, you know, we'll ask for questions. You can send us questions about anything. You can su- suggest future topics. Um, Matt's Twitter is secret. Apparently. I mean, it's a
1: really terribly kept secret, but it's – tech.
0: I think it technically,
1: technically meets the definition of secret. But you can find my Twitter at yeah. twitter.com on there <laughs> somewhere.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's – Basically, like, it is a surprisingly easy riddle to solve, but so is the puzzle box from Hellraiser, so do with that what you will.
1: Yeah, you don't actually want to follow my Twitter. There are a number of fans who have followed my Twitter for about a month, and then they realize, oh, he's not going to stop talking like that. And then they rather smartly unfollow me. Yep. <laughs> it's
0: anyway. happened like 20 times. <laughs> so, it's really funny every time it does. Yeah. Well, let's... Uh... Let's let's get out of here, Joe. Thank yeah. you again for joining us. Yeah, sorry, well,
1: thank fucking sorry. We had to inflict this upon you. Thank you very much for joining no, was, us.
2: This this yeah. definitely uh, goes towards my my goal of getting on every single one of the audio interview podcasts at one point or another. Uh, so so All thank right, you awesome. for inviting me.
0: Uh, yeah, quick question no problem, before I actually either. do the sign off: Have you heard our sign off before? Uh, no, I haven't. This is going to be fun. Uh, So, for going pear shaped, I've been Mike.
1: I've been Matt, and I fucking hate Mike for making this our sign off.
0: And I've been Joe. And always remember diddle yourself constantly. (laughs) Well, then.